Thank you. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience. Finally time to jump into this, the top eh, 170-ish rankings. We'll talk about like the top 200 at some point, but we're going to be talking about the top 100 overall for 2019 fantasy football seasons today. If you want to get into a draw for 20 DK bucks, smash the like button for the episode. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section and tell me your overall top 10 for PPR scoring. We're talking PPR here, people. So that's how you get into the draw for 20 DK bucks. Another way to do that, give a five-star review to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever it may be. Leave your DraftKings handle, something nice about the show. Or if you see any football post up on my Instagram, you follow me at the PME, you heart one of them photos, and leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section. Boom! Three ways to get into the draws for 20 DK dollars. Winners announced every single Monday on the Pat Mayo Experience. Also, if you want to find the entire list of my overall rankings, along with positional rankings, which are separated into tiers, you can find that at dkplaybook.com. And if you check out the description of this video or the comment section of the video in the audio podcast, wherever you may find it, you can find all of the previous fantasy football shows that have come before it. Gary and Thorne is in studio with me. Hello. It's been a long time coming. It has. This is a month later than we usually do it. It uh, It is good to be back. I am known, I guess, as a, a poor man's Cam Stewart at this point. Is that what people are calling you? The fat Chris Meany, as I like to call myself. The fat Chris Meany? The Meany. fat Chris Meany. Wow! Two times the person. When Meany was here, we had a fly-in studio, and I had to raid it live I, on air. I saw that. That was not great. I mean, that, that must have really been scary for you. It was terrifying. Now that you have so much to lose, especially. I know. I mean... Just changes your whole perspective on things. So you're doing rankings for like the first time in two years. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. You see Meanie came top three in Fantasy Pros? I did see that. Congrats to Meanie. Follow at Chris Meanie. Gotta do it. We'll get him back in here too. Someone on Twitter yesterday was like, hey, Chris Meanie, how are you so good at all these sports? It's a question I ask myself quite a bit. It, it's sort of the opposite of me. It's like, Pat, how are you so bad at all these sports? Despite the fact that you seem to put time into researching. It's yeah. like, I don't know. I'm just bad at it. What, what do you want to do? Yeah. So you can use my rankings to figure out like who not to draft. And we'll be talking through it, but it won't be just you and I. Because when we do the overall rankings breakdown, we need a third member in the studio. And that third member is... Tim Underkust! Tim Underkust. Not my name. Heard it was. No, you didn't. I did, though. I, I, I swear to God I heard it somewhere. It sounds familiar. I, heard, I may have heard it on the show or on the internet is a place where I may have heard it in the past. So initial thoughts on uh, the overall rankings here, Tim. You, you feel like Le'Veon Bell is too low, don't you? I just, before we get into my the actual first thought rankings. Was, my first thought was, where are all the Seattle tight ends since they're such a thing? Oh, God. We're going back to Has this Has it been already. that long since I've been on the show? Jeez. We'll, we'll have <laughs> Seattle takes. I'm sure we'll get there, Tim. Are you big? <laughs> just want to make some self-referential humor. I don't know. I mean, the first take was... There were significantly fewer receivers in the top 20 than I expected. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about the process behind this. And, like, I basically took my tiers from each of the positions and kind of lumped them all together. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if anyone's watching the video version, you'll see the ADPs next to it. There's a few ADPs that are out of whack. We really want – the reason we waited so long to do this, A, Garyan's a busy man. He's a big shot. Big time Can't get him in studio. And we didn't want to get him by the phone. That's for Tim only. Uh, And I wanted to wait for the Tyreek Hill news, to be perfectly honest, because that affects so much up and down the board, whether it be the secondary receivers, whether it be Kelsey, whether it be Patrick Mahomes, whether it be him himself. Yeah, it's interesting, though, because I found when I when I first did my ranks, um, 
we were at the stage of the Tyreek Hill situation where it seemed like he was still going to be suspended, like four but was only going to get so. four games. And my thought on it at the time was I still had him as my wide receiver 13 if he was going to miss four games, because I don't know how you felt, and maybe this does speak to the fact there aren't as many wide receivers inside the top 20. I feel like when you get past that group of like, Adam Thielen, A.J. Green, Julian Edelman, that sort of tier of receiver. Uh, and they may not be in that exact order. They, they actually not, almost not. are in that exact order. Almost in that exact order. But I had a real hard time finding like a high-end wide receiver two that I liked. I feel like there's about 12 to 14 back-end wide receiver twos who just have to end up being wide receiver 14, 15, 16, 17. So for me, it was, even if Tyreek Hill is going to miss four games, I know he has the potential to be such a top flight, top five guy. I'm willing to take him ahead of some of these back end wide receiver twos who might have a elevated ADP just sort of out of positional scarcity. And what you're talking about, about the top end of wide receiver two and that drop off that comes after is kind of how I feel at running back, but not just at running back too, like the second tier of running back. oh sure yeah. once you get past the first four guys like you can make a pretty legit argument for seven guys to be number five yeah especially with this we don't know the melvin gordon news at this point whether he's going to hold out or not i don't think that he's going to but yeah but it's, look it's, it's, it's on the table no, 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 no. It's lessons the table. have to be learned from last year i'm sorry well lessons we have to be learned from last year you can't you, it would be malpractice to assume Someone's not going to sit out. I, I, we can we also have and, and that, Los Angeles Chargers insider Jeff Feinberg to give us hot. T- like, I'm sure is, he's following this every day. Jackson, too. Like, the Chargers have done this in the past. They've just shelled somebody who won't play ball. So yeah. Are they cheap? Are they cheap? I don't know if you I've ever heard the Chargers are cheap. You have to advance as if he's not playing for at least the first 10 weeks until you hear otherwise. I, I think I, any I, other. I, I, don't, I don't think we're at that stage yet because we're not even into August. Yeah, well, like he, those of us who drafted Bell first overall have been burnt, and that's the only way we're going to look at it. Well, I mean, that is your fault for drafting Bell first overall. Then you cursed him. Everyone and not, was saying to do so. Yeah, and, and, then, and then you did it, and then he sat out. I don't know if everyone was. That was a pretty. We, we go into a lot of seasons with definitive number one picks. I would say the, the board was pretty split. On yeah, so anyway, I, I'm factoring in just if, if you're drafting today, there is a risk element to Melvin Gordon. So sure. he's 100%. I initially had him as my number five overall running back, but you know, circumstances have you, changed. You have to factor And in. if he reports week one, because he's not in the same situation as Le'Veon Bell does. He doesn't accrue a year. Like, he'd have to come back and play anyway next year. He can't just become a free agent. Yeah. So he's kind of screwing himself here. Yeah. I, 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 like you, think this probably gets resolved in a different fashion than the Le'Veon Bell situation because it is a different situation. Um, but you're right. You you can't have him as a top seven player. Uh, you can't have him as a top five running back with this hanging over his head because, again, the separation between Melvin Gordon and... I Delvin mean, Cook. Delvin Cook, David Johnson, Nick Chubb. Like, there's there's arguments from James Connor, who is, I know... James Connor. Becoming a more contentious name. Uh, Which, people, we'll, we'll get into Connor here in a second yeah. once we hit the rankings, but... It's tough. Bell is in it's that tough. mix. Like, sometimes I feel like if I were given the option or if I'm playing in one of those leagues where, you know, you do something weird to figure out draft slot and you get to pick your your preference for where you, pick for where you select... Pick Exactly, where... Sometimes I would say like, ah, I like picking 10th. You know, you can go receiver, receiver. You can get, you know, maybe one of those second tier running backs. Yeah, this year, uh, I'm taking that fourth pick. And if I can't get the fourth pick, I'm making sure I pick inside the top four. Just so you get one of those four you guys. Get one All of those right, guys. so let's, let's get into the rankings then. The top 10, 
I got Zeke at number one right now. This I agree is, with this you. This is assuming that he's not going to be like suspended or seems, anything like seems that. Seems like that is the case. Uh, Saquon at two, Christian McCaffrey at three, Alvin Kamara at four. I think those are a very definitive top four. Um, we'll see what Tim has to say about this. But then we have Hopkins and Adams at five and six. Then I go Michael Thomas and Julio at seven and eight. Kelsey at number nine. Then there's just a big run of running backs. Chubb at 10, Connor, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Joe Mixon, Delvin Cook. And that is the tier that I struggled the most with. I don't know who to make number five at running back. Right now, I just look at that Browns offense, and I want a piece of it. And I feel like the running back might be the best part. But then we get into a situation where Kareem Hunt comes back, and all of a sudden, Nick Chubb's no good anymore. So I have have two very different schools of thought on this and I and and one of them is is one that you've kind of imparted and I and I fully agree with which is the NFL season changes so quickly and so drastically from even August to September let alone September to mid-November when Hunt is going to come back that especially if you're someone who you know watches the Pat Mayo experience (laughs) and gets on those waiver wire running backs early in the season like there's a very good chance if you draft Chubb at this position and he returns Top six, top eight running back value for the first eight weeks. Yeah, he's of not going season. anywhere. The the pick, Even, I feel, I feel like the pick is a like if you take him at tenth overall, like the number yeah. ten pick, and he has not lived up to being the number ten pick by the time week ten comes around, then he's getting replaced. But if he does live up to it, then they're going to keep him as the starter. I I think he'll stay as the starter either way. I just think that regardless of how he performs, they're going to they're going to mix Kareem Hunt in. I think his role will be impacted, even if he's the best running back in football going into that week. But I'm just saying, so much will have changed in the running back landscape. There's a very good chance you've picked someone up who could be a Chubb replacement at that point. Like, there's an argument to be made that you take Chubb now, knowing what his workload is going to be for the foreseeable immediate future, because no one knows what Week 10 is going to look like in the NFL. At the same time, I look at Chubb versus... Let's just say David Johnson, because Johnson's someone who I think a lot of people kind of have pigeonholed into that five spot. Maybe just out of like, I don't know what to do. I know David Johnson has potential. Let's put him here. If you go back to week seven, which is pretty much when Chubb took over that lead back role in the Browns offense. From week seven on, Chubb and Johnson each played 11 games. Chubb actually only outscored David Johnson by four tenths of a fantasy point. And David Johnson was playing for arguably the worst offense in NFL history. Well, it, the David Johnson situation is a bit different too, though, because last year he was relied upon to do, basically do everything, even in a bad offense. So sure, presumably they're going to score more with Cliff Kingsbury this year, but will David Johnson get as much usage as he did last year? I think so, because I, I think that's it's, my a, worry about it's it. a sliding scale, though. I mean, you look at a guy who, you know, for Chubb, again, to make the direct comparison, Chubb only played more than 70% of his team's snaps twice. David Johnson didn't play 70% of the Cardinals' snaps twice. Like, he is a bell cow back in a league where we're not really getting any more bell cow backs. But even if that usage and snap rate goes from, like, I I think he finished the season at 79%. Let's say that goes down to, like, even 65%. I think under Kingsbury, you're going to see a team that isn't dead last and at one point was almost about to set the NFL record for fewest plays on average per game. Yeah, they could be near the top. If they go from 53 plays even to just like 60, 61, 62, that usage loss now is an it's it's it really doesn't matter. It's a washout because there's just more plays anyway. All right, so Tim, what do you think about this like second tier of running back unless you guys have like supreme arguments with the guys at the very top? No, not really. I would have McCaffrey first. I think he's the best fantasy player in PPR. Uh, and I actually think it's, I don't think it's all 
anyway, you, whatever. You, were you going to say you don't think it's all that close? No, I just think it is pretty. I think you have all your work cut out for you not having him first. That's the way he's performed with that offense. I but agree anyway, with you whatever. Zeke. I, I mean, you say there's a top four, whatever. I'm not going to fight you too much on it, whatever. That that, it, that is a, a debate that really doesn't matter. Uh, the, the top four guys are the top four guys. I probably would go McCaffrey, Kamara, Elliot, Barkley, but whatever. You have them in a different order. That doesn't really? matter. Interesting. Uh, just because, I mean, listen, Kamara is now the only back in that New Orleans offense. That's that's, that's not that's, true. That's though. an overstated fact. Because like the only let, back that matters. Like let's no Latavius Murray is going to have a role. Like Latavius Murray mm-hmm. is a draftable yeah, running back that you can play as a flex. He could very easily have Mark Ingram's role. Like, and he's better than Mark really Ingram. They're really not all so that, that, that hurts. One thing yeah, to think yeah, about that, that's that's setting the bar too low. He's better than anyone is better than Mark Ingram. Fair. Like that's that's not saying anything. Look, and I realize it's it's funny in a way um, that this is the person that they chose to not necessarily replace Mark Ingram in their offense, but they did bring in Jared Cook, uh, which is another just just quality player, one of the best. But my thing is, it's just funny. I only bring this up because we actually have them in the exact same order. You and um, I do? Yeah. Oh, see? I, very um, few people have Elliott at number one. Most people have Berkeley. at here's number my th- one. With Elliott, it's just... Smelliot. <laughs> last season. Yeah. Uh, I went through it because it just it mystified me. There's been 129 running backs since the merger to rush for at least 1,400 yards. Do we need to say since the merger? What was the merger like? 1970. You're three of the NFL? I don't know. Just saying. Just, just, just for semantics, I, that's I the timeline. The language. That's the timeline. Either way, 129 times. Only 15 of those 129 had six touchdowns or fewer. Like, normalization is going to hit here. There's Sure, the Dak thing is a little scary, Like, but he's not Cam. He's not three years ago Cam. And, and I'm just going to score more touchdowns. I brought this up a whole bunch of times, too. Like, you think opposing defenses are going to look at it and be like, hmm. Maybe Dak is going to run the ball here. Maybe. Like, it just seemed like every team was very poorly equipped to just yeah. even think that was a possibility yeah. last season. And having Dak with the ability to do that should actually help out Elliot. Yeah, you think so. If teams start to scheme for that. The one thing that I was so down like down on Elliot, I think I had him number six last year, running back. But the whole case was he just doesn't catch any passes. Yeah. But now he does. Do we expect any regression that way with a new offensive coordinator? I don't necessarily yeah. think so. I think he proved himself to be solid in that regard I mean, i'm gonna say it's it's one of the few times i can remember in recent fantasy football history that an offensive coordinator t- told us something and it was legitimately true he went from <laughs> i think it was 38 targets to 95 like maybe it drops off a little bit but i, I still think he's be highly involved in that offense yeah i just don't think that the discrepancy between whatever he loses in volume of pass equity like if he loses 15 targets if you can pencil him in for double digit touchdowns he more than makes up for yeah. that anyway and he's and he's gonna lead the league in touches. It's, Tim, do it's you gonna happen? So you would have Elliott at three or four then? I would have Elliott at three, Barkley at four, Kamara two, and McCaffrey one. Just saying, if I had the first pick, I'd take McCaffrey. That's the player I, I like the best in fantasy. I think in PPR, I just think he's the most valuable player, so I'm taking him. I think that we may have saw his bad. He won the Bucks last year he, too. Yeah, he was. He was a he was great. engine that ran my team last year. When I won in draft games, I love McCaffrey. Yeah, I, I listen. McCaffrey's great. I'm at number three. I'm not yeah, it's, it's disparaging words. I just marginal think, difference. I think that he may have hit his ceiling last year. Yeah, and then that would say he doesn't need to hit his ceiling again to be the number three overall fantasy player by any means. He could yeah. lose 15 percent off what he did last year and still be as good. I just think that the ceiling is higher for Barkley and the ceiling is higher for Elliott. That's, I agree. And a lot of it has to do with the offense in Carolina. Looks like it could be getting a little bit better. They have, like, capable receiving options now. And Cam is just always a threat to steal your touchdowns. Yeah. Like, more like where Dak did that to Zeke last year, I think that projecting it forward, I would put more blind faith behind Cam scoring more rushing touchdowns than Dak. Near oh, the sure. Goal line. 
I I'm very high on Cam this year. Me too. So Cam is Cam is this year's Andrew Luck, which is fun. Yeah, but he, he hurt his arm. He can't throw anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's broken. So after that top four, I mean, I guess we can briefly talk about Barkley and Kamara. Like, I think you can make a decent case for Kamara to be the number one player. That if, if Murray isn't used in the Mark Ingram role. Sure. Which I definitely do think he is. That's why I have Kamara at number four. Yeah. But remember what Kamara did for the first four weeks last year? Oh, it was, was insane. He was unstoppable. It was crazy. Um, the one point I was going to make, um, and, and I got a little sidetracked, was just the Saints actually in terms of tight end usage in the red zone, were one of the lowest volume teams in the entire NFL last season. I think they were the lowest in the NFC at like 11% of their team targets went to tight ends. Something like 35% went to running backs. I don't necessarily think, when, when, when they come out and say, oh, we see Jared Cook in that Jimmy Graham role, that's laughably stupid. <laughs> but they're going to use Jared Cook in the red zone. They're going to try a little bit. You had a situation last season where Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas were both top five in red zone targets. I just don't know if that can happen again. And it's it's just little things like that. Oh, who's the big bulky white fullback they have this year? They have Coon. Not still? Zach Lyon anymore. Is Zach Lyon. They resigned like Coon or something like that. Because that guy will end up like five. Sure. Touchdowns. Yeah. He'll have he'll have five random tight end number four who they drafted at a Hofstra. Don't don't forget about uh, Taysom Hill. I like Taysom Hill. I like Taysom Hill, too. So, so does Sean Payton. Yeah, like, he's effective when they yeah, put him in here. what Pat White was supposed to be. Oh, Pat White. Wow. He's what he's supposed to be. He's like a utility player that actually is you know, very good and suited for his role. I mean, if Pat White hadn't almost died, maybe yeah. he would have been an effective NFL player. Yeah, he, I don't know. He, he got very crushed. He ended up uh, playing for the Argonauts in the CFL. He did. He? he did. Wildcat. Wildpath. That was what the package was I, I know. Uh, so those are the top four guys. At number five, Hopkins, Adams, Thomas, Jones. I initially had Kelsey at number seven, but then the Hill news made me bump him down a little bit. And I've been over this Kelsey thing a few times that I think that he is by far and away the best tight end. And without Hill, he would have saw more coverage, presumably. His efficiency would have went down, but the volume would have went up. I still think that he's going to be the best tight end by far. Tim, would you have a problem drafting Travis Kelsey at number nine? No, I wouldn't have a, tr- a trouble drafting him at number five, to be frank with you. Really? And he's fine. Not the pick I would make there, but like, put it this way. I like Hopkins better. I definitely like Kelsey better than Adams. I think Adams is way overranked, to be perfectly frank. There's several receivers on this list I like better now, than Adams. Is this, Thomas, be- is this Jones, because, no, hold on a second. Is this only because that year you drafted Devontae Adams in like the second round, he was absolutely garbage? No, I do not allow my own personal grievances. Well, you to... said you just said you were going to rank Christian McCaffrey number one because he was so great for you last That's year. That's actually one That's of my not, favorite that, moments, those though. Those are positive experiences, not grievances. I'm Tim, not bringing my axes to grind here. Tim didn't keep Devontae Adams that season. I came into the league, got to pick up people's keepers they didn't want to keep, and I've had Devontae Adams the last three years. It's worked out very well. <laughs> I think Adams is a second-round player who's being ranked in the first round, and I think it's actually kind of dumb. Look, I, I, I have Julio ahead of him. I actually have Julio as wide receiver too. But for me, the separation between he and Adams, they're almost the antithesis of each other, which makes them such interesting kind of comparables. One because is good and one isn't? No. One, one is seemingly a lock to score double-digit touchdowns and lead the league in red zone targets again, while there's still this weird stigma on Julio that he doesn't score touchdowns. But at the same time, do you, do you worry anything about the Atlanta offense being year one with a new offensive coordinator? And the last two times we've seen this with Matt Ryan, he's been kind of trash. That's not no, actually something I've thought about. What they're but... getting rid of makes me feel good about the Falcons. What's that? 
what the Falcons are getting away from makes me feel good about the Falcons. <laughs> getting away from the offense that has been run the last two seasons. I actually think if it can't be worse. It can only be better. Well, I mean, they had a top, Matt, they had a top five. Matt offense Ryan last, last season was top five in dropbacks, attempts, Talking passing touchdown, passing yards. I, I, but still, as it directly correlates to Julio Jones, that's everything. If, if you guarantee me he'll be top five in those categories again, I would take that 100 times out of 100 if I'm a Julio Jones drafter. So that's all that really matters to me. Well, the other big thing with the Atlanta offense, too, is that, you know, presumably their entire defense won't be injured in week one for the entire season. You would hope so. And it's a little bit better than it was, so you don't have to pass 45 times a game. Yeah, that's true. Like you can you tr attempt to establish the run just a little bit. Not that I'm you know big on running the ball, but I think that's something the NFL teams will do once they're ahead in games. They just didn't play from ahead at all last year. Never. Um, still, though, I mean, I think Julio led the league in air yards by like 300 yards. I, I just think the sustainability and projectability of receiving yards is so much easier than projecting receiving touchdowns. I agree, oh. but, but there's something with that Packers offense where it just it funnels through oh, Devontae Adams. Sure. And they're like, oh, Aaron Jones is going to take over. Aaron Jones is going to be fantastic. Maybe, but you know what's going to be better? Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. It's true. And like, we can't even decide who the number two in Green Bay is. Is it yeah, Maybe scaling? the Green Bay is not going to be that good this year. Maybe their offense is not going to be that good this year. It wasn't maybe that, that's why. It wasn't that good last year, and Adams was the number no, two wide receiver. And, 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 well yeah, it, it I don't know if that's a good team. It wasn't, I don't know if that's a team win half its games, and I don't think there's a lot of fantasy potential there, to be frank. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, they've, they've been a fantasy-viable situation for like I know they seven have, but years. Nothing goes on forever. I, I'm oh, is, this, is Green Bay your new New England? I'm quite down on Rodgers this year. I'm quite down on Green Bay in general this year. I, I think there's, I don't know. I think there's a really strong chance they could finish fourth in their division. I, I don't like them this year at all. I think if they finish fourth in their division, that actually might be better for Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams' fantasy numbers. That just means yeah. they're down and chucking the entire time. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, their offense wasn't great last year, and Adams was amazing. Yeah, look, I'm I'm still 100% in on Devontae Adams. The separation for me between he and Julio is minimal. Uh, I'm a two and three, but I, I don't know. Do you have any worries about Hopkins? No. Like if Cutie, let's say Cutie and Fuller end up playing 16 games, which seems impossible. Let's that say they will do. never happen. Why do the sun rises in the West? <laughs> it's just as useful a question. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Sorry. So you sound pretty triggered over there, Tim. Well, just like that's why Hopkins is by far the number one receiver, and there's a gap between him and everybody else. See, he's I, crazy, and he's the only machine, the only receiver that makes that whole offense run. See, I like he, I think that Adams and Hopkins are actually quite close here. Okay. Um, and you could like I think Sealy has Adams at number one at receiver, but they're I think they're pretty interchangeable. Depends on who you like better. And I think that Thomas and Julio are a bit closer together. And there's like a gap between Adams and Michael Thomas. Okay. That's um, the way that I see it. That's but I still have them back to back to back to back in the rankings. Then Kelsey. Yeah. Um. Tim, if it was you. And Travis Kelsey only had wide receiver eligibility, let's say. Where would he rank okay. for you? How many wide receivers would you take over Travis Kelsey? Uh, let's take a look. Where would I stop? I would take Beckham. I would take him over Hill, I suppose. Would you take him over Antonio Brown or Juju? No, I see. I, I would have both those guys rated ahead of Hill. And uh, I, I actually think you have Juju way too low. Uh, you know, so I wouldn't. But then you look later on, like Damian Williams. Uh, I'm, I'm just talking about wide, wide receivers. I was say that, how high would you have Juju? Like, really, in in the way these rankings are kind of split up, you're basically 
going to have him at, what, 16 ahead of Odell? Like, how well, high would you have well, him? Well, no, I guess the case would be for Juju that you tack him onto the back and uh, you make him number nine. Like, I have Juju at number 19. You can make him number nine because that's where that first tier of wide receiver that's, stops. I, I so guess that's more bump, what I was asking. If like, you bump him up a tier, then he goes from 19 to nine very Would quickly. Tim have Juju ahead of Odell is essentially what I'm asking. Because I, 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 I would not. Um, I would have him parallel with Beckham, maybe slightly. Well, you can't ahead. draft two players off. the same time, Tim. <laughs> okay, you know what? I will take Juju. I think he's on a better offense. I'll take Juju. Do you think the Steelers' offense is better than the Browns' offense? Better pieces, better I quarterback. I, I don't know. I don't know if they, I, I don't I don't they have better definite. pieces, but now I'll say this because there's been a lot of people talking about the emergence of like Jalen Samuels, and now I'm not buying that. Neither am I. And the I fact like that the him. Steelers have like, oh, they have three running backs. You know, they, they're down Antonio Brown. They might try to focus on the running game more this season. If there's anything we've learned time and time again from the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's that they're a monolith. They do not change the way they approach the game. And if it's really to be believed that Ben Roethlisberger is pulling the strings of this team, which he probably is at this point, if there's anything that Ben would want to do, it's go out and pass 68% of the time, just like he did last season, to prove to people that he does not need Antonio Brown and take down that coveted Pittsburgh Steelers team MVP award that he seems to care about so, so much. So, like, any, any concerns we have about Pittsburgh not passing as much this season, I have no concerns about that, partly because they could just be bad. Maybe not, like, super bad, but they could finish, like, seven and nine and be trailing in a lot of games like you think they're gonna be the mclovin of the, the nfl the mclovin of the nfl it's tough <laughs> so kelsey at nine if he's wide receiver like seven let's say yeah. if, he, if he's a wide receiver like tim has pointed out and I, that's around where i would have him too i think that's worth a round yeah versus those other receivers because just because he plays tight end sure I mean, tight end falls off again, just like it does every season. And I think that Kelsey is a step above Kittle and Ertz. I really do. I agree. Because I think Kittle may have just had his best season last year. Do we think this is like the start of the end for Kittle? Like, do you, do you think that we see the emergence of just other pieces? I, I can't remember no, the backup tight end's name. No, right I, the life of me, I, I don't think that it's like the end of Kittle by any means. It's just he was like the only guy left standing last year. Sorry, I meant, I was talking about Ertz. Oh, my, Ertz. My apologies. Like, do we do we think that Ertz is, like, they're going to start phasing him out? No, no. Oh, you're thinking of Dallas Goddard. Yeah, are, 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 is Goddard going to start to be more involved in this offense, or is it going to take an injury? Uh, I think that those things don't need to be mutually exclusive. I think that sure. Ertz can stay the same, and Goddard can have a bigger role. It just, it seemed like he overachieved in the touchdown department last year. Yeah. Like, he's he's better in PPR than he's going to be in standard. If he regresses back in terms of touchdowns, and he has, like, half the amount of touchdowns, which isn't inconceivable, then he's just, he's not on that tier. He's on the second tier. Well behind Kelsey. Yeah. I, or and, and Kleiss, the thing with, as our the, dyslexic friend says. The thing with Kittle, too, is there was so many targets. There was so many yards. Uh, and, and he's, for me the number two or number three guy. You could debate the order of that because I do think that is its own tier. Like I have, have, I have them. been number two at tight end. Um, but there's a case to be made that his yards after catch numbers will also regress. Like he had, I believe, two 80-plus yard touchdowns that came off of five-yard, like, in routes. Like, that that stuff's not going to happen again. He's, he's probably going to see his yardage totals regress, especially if you get a full season of any single wide receiver for for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, like, I, I just think injury luck will have to normalize with them at some point. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's regression cases to be made for both those guys. So that would just vault Kelsey into his own tier. 
Yeah, and that's the way that I currently have ranks. I have Kittle and Ertz at number 31 and number 32. Which one would you have higher, Tim? The Ertz squirts or Kittle me timbers? <laughs> I forgot about that. How did you forget about that? It's been months. Uh, uh, I would prefer Kittles. I, I think he's a better player. Yeah, so that, that, I think we all agree on that. Sure. So to sw- switch back up to the top after Kelsey, Chubb at number 10, then Connor, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Mixon, Delvin Cook. I just threw all those receivers into a pile. and Running backs, yeah. Yeah, running backs into a pile, sorry. It basically hit random order generator, and this is the way that it came out. I initially had Melvin Gordon at the very top of this tier. Uh, for a while, I had Mixon at the top of the tier, but now he's lost two offensive linemen so far. That's not yeah, great. that's tough. Uh, that's a tough beat for him. Delvin Cook has the injury history. James Conner has all of this stuff swirling around him. Jalen Samuel, Schnell, might come in and steal his work on the goal line. But, like, Pittsburgh doesn't do that. No. Nope. Unless, like you said, there's a fundamental shift in how Pittsburgh runs its offense. James Conner is going to play 85% of the snaps, and unless he gets hurt, he's going to be really good like he was last year. Yeah, people are focusing on the fact that Samuels came on a little late. but Because Conner, Conner was got hurt. hurt. Exactly. Like, something has to happen. And we had this... In- this, this was the entirety of the discussion last season when we knew Bell was going to hold out was, will they use Connor the same way? Yes, this is what they do. So I, I, I'm not going to take my belief out of that. Like I, I have David Johnson ahead of James Connor, and that's the only other running back. I have Connor as my number six running back. So Tim, who do you like the best out of this tier and you can't say Le'Veon Bell? All right, well, since I have to give a dishonest answer then, the answer I will give is James Connor. So you like Connor more than David Johnson too. David Johnson just is yeah. the biggest conundrum for me. Like in Kingsbury's yeah. offense in college, they don't run quite as much, but the running lanes are much wider. So you can mm-hmm. be far more efficient on the ground. Uh, they run two running back sets a lot. And the A dot on first down for the quarterbacks in that offense, you think like air raid, they're bombing it every single time. It's actually exceptionally low because they mm-hmm. throw to running backs a lot on first down. So for PPR purposes, that could vault. David Johnson into a new tier, but if Chase Edmonds is on the field all the time too, he could start to take away from that. Almost yeah. like Cohen and Howard last year and the way that Cohen and Montgomery will be deployed this year. Yeah. But I, I think the difference in that situation, like, look, I, I understand what you're saying. And but that's, we have to, that's we have to pick between all. Sure. No, you do. But unlike Cohen and Howard, Howard can't catch like David Johnson is still, I mean, I didn't see it at all last season because it was hidden from us, but I would believe that David Johnson is still one of the most elite pass catching running backs we have in this game like it's it's just something we've seen in the not too distant past um again I I think that when you look at his level of production last season granted when I say he was a top 25 running back 12 times we all understand that he came in as like running back 18 running back 17 like it wasn't amazing production, but this is in standard formats too. So you're taking away one of David Johnson's greatest strengths. Yeah, and let's not talk about standard formats. But I'm just saying, those are but just even in standard, he had 12 top 25 running back finishes, which was as many as James Conner and Melvin Gordon. Like, I don't think he was as bad as people want to make it out that he was last season. He's still such a high floor guy. I think Kingsbury and his past give him this massive ceiling. And again, we're talking about a team that was dead last in plays per game dead last in points per game, dead last in red zone scoring possessions per game, like every single conceivable category you could have and correlate to the importance of running backs, they were the worst in. And I just don't think it's going to happen again. Like they even went out and retooled the offensive line a little bit. They brought in, they brought in Sweezy. Uh, they traded for Marcus Gilbert. They spent a high draft pick on a tackle. Like I just think they're going to get better. 
Um, so, okay, and, Tim, and I think that works out for David Johnson. Tim, let me pose this to you. What if we play the Kyler Murray game here that we just saw? Have, Football or yeah, baseball? Both. We play a bit of both. We create our new game. Sure. It'd be like basketball, but, you know, in a different way. Sure. But if Murray is really good, that means he's running a bunch. And presumably those, you know, you could say those are dropbacks, but there could be a lot of designed runs for him as well. That could take away from David Johnson. If we have a Dak situation where he starts calling his own number near the goal but he's line. he's so little. Hey, some of the best running backs of all time were really little near the goal line. That's Everyone funny. wants to think like Brandon Jacobs is a really good goal line back. In fact, he was terrible. Can't, can't like, even get between the guards. Yeah, like, and Tomlinson was the best because he would just run into a pile and pop out the it's other true. end somehow. But if, let's say Murray ends up with six rushing touchdowns, that's a lot. But let's just oh, yeah. say that's what it is. That's directly coming from David Johnson. Sure. And, and if they don't... Or how about this? Tim, let me pose this to you. What if Kyler Murray sucks? Oh. Well, if he if that's the case, uh, it's, bad news. I, it's bad news for David Johnson. It's bad news for everyone on that offense, I guess. But I if mean, he I sucks, can it get worse? Could it be worse than the suck of last season? I don't even think it he could, could suck that much. Be as bad. I yeah, it was pretty bad. I, I think it could be worse because let's say Kyler Murray is really, really terrible. That means he's not completing any passes. He's basically just running around. He's basically he could be really terrible and have I wouldn't want to say the Josh Allen season from the like final few weeks, but he could just be running 18 times a game, and then I, it's good for no one. I don't think I worry about him not having some level of acumen as an actual like I, I don't think he's Lamar Jackson by any means. Right? I, I don't like, think he is either. And I think he's a lot more accurate than Josh Allen. But too. It, it seems to me like the, the Cole Cowher Murray discussion, it feels like there's no middle ground with him. Either he's going to be really good or really bad. Fair. It seems. Fair. But again, I, I would stand by my point that I don't think, even in the worst case Kyler Murray scenario, I don't think it can be as bad a fantasy environment as it was last season. I just don't think you can recreate that level of suck. It was so bad. I think they were only completing like 12 and a half passes per game anyway. Like if you can't clear that bar, just fold the franchise at that point. And David Johnson doesn't get any fantasy points. How, how do you feel about uh, Josh Rosen in Miami now? I was for that trade. I'm still for that trade. How long do you think you're going to be for that trade into the season? How many weeks? I think I'm okay with it either way. Just I mean. Tank out, get the first pick. Whatever. I, I just think if you can trade a back-end second-round pick that you even traded in that same draft to get, like, a third-round pick. Like, the amount of draft capital you gave up for someone who was the 10th overall pick last season, I'm fine with it. I, I, I just think it's okay. Now, whether or not they actually let him play games, that's that's a little bit of a different story. Like, you have to give him the chance this season to audition because you're going to have a chance to draft a quarterback very high in next year's draft. Also, what would be the point of trading for him if you weren't going to play? Well, Fitzmagic's going to start game one because that's what Fitzmagic does, and he's going to win three games in September because that's what he does too. So we'll see how it goes. And uh, Tim, are you big on the Dolphins for the 20th consecutive year? I wouldn't say I'm big on them, no. I think I agree with everything Gary said there. Uh, I just don't think they have the horses to compete with. A couple of much more talented teams in the oh, division, that's all. I thought he was going to specifically say the Jets. Yeah, he already said the Jets are going to win the division. Well, I knew that. Yeah. And our fringe or favorites for the Super Bowl, one of the two. I forget which what, what he said. Okay. It changes day to day, depending on I how said he, fringe. Depending on like the headline that he reads on Twitter. Sure. They're either fringe Super Bowl contenders or the favorite to win the Super Bowl. So tell us about Le'Veon Bell, Tim. What do you see his role mm-hmm. being? Now, if people don't know, Cust is a New York Jets insider along the same lines as Postmaster Ted is. Stop calling him that. He's a government official. It's disrespectful to him. I mean, look, I mean, I think the case for Bell is, is rather simple. Um, he's the queen on the chessboard. 
He didn't play last year, so his body didn't get beat up. When we saw him in Pittsburgh, he was year in, year out, the best or second best running back in football and in fantasy football. He has a quarterback who will be targeting him a lot. Uh, you know, He had like, what, 85 catches two years ago. I, I think there's a better chance that he has 100 than he has 70. Put it that way. I think 85 is about the number, uh, maybe slightly above 85. I think he's going to run crazy, bringing assembly in, uh, who, you know, he's a year removed from being an all pro uh, offensive lineman. I think that helps big time. Uh, the Jets have really good receivers, so the, the secondary has to respect uh, what is going on there in the secondary with the receivers. And as such, uh, and then, you know, Sam has got one of the best arms and is, you know, a, a burgeoning talent, and that, that helps. So he's not one of the top four backs. No one would be silly enough to make that case. But of this second tier of backs, I think given the circumstance and the talent, uh, it to me is a, to mix sports metaphors, a slam dunk uh, to put him as the number six running back overall. A slam dunk with two hands to make sure it goes in. So here are my two cases against Bell. One, and I owe it to Adam, Adam Gase. Gase. Yeah, Adam Gase is number one. Uh, you have a lot of Adam Gase experience and how he uses running backs. I can backs. talk about that. That's always a, a lot of fun. He, yeah. he already doesn't want Le'Veon nope. Bell, so that's not a good start. It's a good sign, because don't worry, that actually doesn't mean anything, because, you know, he didn't want Kenyon Drake to be the lead back, but Kenyon Drake carried the lo- Oh, no, wait, no, he didn't. But it's okay, because he, he didn't like Jay Ajayi either, but Jay Ajayi actually ran a lot. No, wait, he traded him. Man, it seems like when he doesn't like a running back, that actually has some bearing on how he uses them. So there's that part of it, too. And I know it's a brand new offense that's coming in. But last season, Darnold did not check down. No. I mean, the one really good thing about Darnold, I I don't like saying nice things about safe space Sam, unless he's getting triggered too much, which he does. He needs a sympathy peacock with him on the sidelines at all times. It squeaks at him in his earpiece. You know, I I won't even listen to this outrageous slander. Make your point or move on. No, no, I'm going to continue. It's it's the path I was Wait, what are you going to... What what is your option to not listen to this slander? Make a lot of noise. Oh, okay. Yeah, we can just put we can put Tim on mute. That's not a problem. I can just keep going here. But he does force the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of situations where it looked like he could either take the quick dump off, whether it be to Crowell or Powell or Lizzie McGuire, thin Lizzie, he would just take off and run. Like He's actually quite an adept runner, which really surprised me for someone who looks like he's going to weigh 570 pounds in two years. He has a real fat man face, real fat man build. Jared Jared Lorenzen was quite the rushing quarterback too. Hey, you, you get those one yard there at all go. times. But like, Darnold's surprisingly quick on his feet. Mm-hmm. It just he didn't seem like he was one to check down. And after seeing this Dolphins offense for the last three years, it's not like they're running designed routes for their running backs. Well, I, I will say, uh, Kenyon Drake saw his usage in the passing game spike significantly last season. Yeah, and then he played 10 snaps a game. Sure, but but still, he went from, I, I think it was like 35 receptions to, I, th- I think he got up to like 60, 65 receptions. Um, so there there are elements of Gase's offense that I could see Le'Veon Bell being utilized. And look, I'm not stupid enough to think that Le'Veon Bell is comparable to someone like Jay Ajayi or Kenyon Drake. Like, you would think Adam Gase would design an offense around Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. I don't have that much trust in Adam Gase, offensive genius that he is. Um, Adam Gase is really good. Uh, he's one of the he's better not, offensive coaches in football. He's uh, it's it's not. not even really up for debate. Look oh, what he did with the not, it not up for debate. Very up for not, debate. It actually it actually isn't in a serious sense. If you look at the nothing that the Dolphins had the three years he was there and the, the amount of juice that he squeezed out of that orange, uh, it is remarkable. Uh, the idea that he's going to go to the Jets with significantly better players and an opportunity 
uh, to show what he's – I mean, look, he took that – he led a Dolphins team with Ryan Tannehill to the playoffs. And, went, you know, he took – he had a team with Jay Cutler the second year. He still managed to bring six or seven wins out of And then he did finding him – like this idea – Okay, first of all, Wayne Huizinga sold his look, soul to the devil is, 20 years ago and has to win seven games opinion. a season, so it doesn't really matter. Also, Adam Gase had one of the highest in NFL history records in one-possession games – I think he was like 17 and three or something with Miami in one possession games. That is unsustainable. So we don't really have to talk about that. It doesn't matter. Whatever. I have Le'Veon Bell basically in the exact spot you have him. I mean, I have Johnson higher, but I have him right behind James Conner in my rankings. Okay. How about this? Maybe Le'Veon Bell isn't good. He's just taking, he's just taking a year off. Maybe he was a product of the Steelers system. It's possible, but I... Especially I, as it pertains to fantasy, where he was playing 95% of the snaps, and he was getting close sure. to 100 receptions a year. He's he's not going to play... I think if he if he checks in at like 60, 65% of the Tim's snaps... Tim's out on his balcony I, having a SIG. I can hear it. I am not. I think you take that as a victory if you're someone who drafted Le'Veon Bell to just get that level of volume at the very least. Um, but I, I do think safe, safe Space Sam takes a step forward this season. Uh, I do think the Jets... They have a very easy schedule, too, and that can't be overlooked. No, no, according to Tim, is very tough. The league screwed them in their schedule. No, no. By, by Warren Sharp, they have the, the easiest schedule, one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. Um, and I, like Tim, agree that at his age, it could be viewed as a positive that he did not play last season. Yeah, I mean, less tread on the tires. That's always nice. Yeah. Fewer carries. He's not getting beat up as much. But, I mean, let's not also pretend like Le'Veon Bell wasn't a health risk until he wasn't anymore, too. Like, he was banged up his first three years in the league. Sure. So, I I just think there's a lot of negatives with him. Like, the Mixon thing, like, obviously the Dalvin Cook, like, Dalvin Cook, I think, could be a league winner. Oh, yeah. I think Dalvin Cook is the highest ceiling of Absolutely sink your team as well. Like, Minnesota's offense should be a lot better this season. I mean, just bringing in Kubiak, dude, help with the running backs is yeah. a big help for running back once. Well, it seems like so many people are focusing on the whole, like, Alvin Kamara is the lead back now and forgetting that they brought in Latavius, where they should be focusing on the fact that Latavius left Minnesota, and they didn't replace him with anything. Oh, they got really. C.J. Ham. I think that's his and name. He was already there, though. Yeah, he was already there. They, so, they brought in Addison, too, as the, they drafted Addison as a backup. Or great. Madison. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, the, like, if, if there's a running back who we could say would project himself or, or vault himself into that tier of running back who's going to play 80% of the snaps this season. I think Dalvin Cook's got as good a shot as anyone who wasn't there last season. And already, even with Latavius on the roster, if you look at the last couple game logs from Minnesota's season, he was up around 75, 79, 82% of the snaps. So it's conceivable they just have him do that again for the entirety of the season. But the health risk is massive. It, it, it's there. Uh, Tim, you hate Minnesota. So I assume you hate Dalvin Cook. <laughs> I actually don't hate Minnesota. I, I just don't like their quarterback, and history has proven me right, as it usually does well, on these sorts of things. As we'll find out in the Custy Awards, which will be upcoming at some point, uh, Mr. Kirk Cousins is uh, is up there on one of the lists. He might be a, a Custy winner this year, oh. Kirk Cousins. Based he on, likes to win. Uh, he, he does like to win, and he at one point in time, he was a top-five quarterback, according to Tim. <laughs> now he yeah. sucks. I wonder if I can well, pinpoint which week uh, that was. Uh, it'd be real hard. If only I were allowed to make mistakes, realize my mistakes, admit those mistakes, and move on. But no, see, I'm not allowed to do that. 
I mean, the only reason that you change your opinion from Kirk Cousins being a top five quarterback in the league to a bottom five quarterback is because he didn't sign with the Jets. You don't know that. You switch your opinion the next day when he signed with Minnesota. <laughs> it just happened that it became clear. It's sort of like ah. when the Bulls only wanted to become friends with Bart when he got a pool. It was just a coincidence. So of these running backs, if you had to put them in order, like we didn't really talk about Chubby Nick. So you, I got a full chub. You got a half chub. Yeah. Tim is just perma chub, but not on this one. I don't particularly care for the entire offense. And I don't like him that much. He doesn't. Baker is He's bad. still upset about the... Yeah, I like Beckham fringes. a lot. Don't get me wrong. He also hates Baker Mayfield. He disrespected the sanctity of the NFL. I just don't think that's... a. I think that team is overrated. That's I, I know Duke wants out of town. The Duke? Is there a chance that if they get... That Hunt just comes back and takes his role? Maybe, but that's not an insignificant role. No, like, but we've seen them both coexist fine. Sure. And even towards the end of the year, like, I don't need Chubb to have eight targets a game. If he can have four targets a game, like just three dump offs, that's good enough for me. Cause he's getting all the goal line work. Yeah. I, look, he's, he's in a With situation a be. where yeah, the little, man, they're going to be good. I, I, I don't <laughs> what does know. Good mean? What does good mean? Eight wins. I mean, that would be really good for Cleveland. Well, you, you, you have projected the jets to win 12 games on this show. I will bet you right now that the Browns win more games than the jets. I don't see how the Browns win more games unless there's some significant injuries with the Jets. So you would so like you to would make, make this bet? bet then? Let's postpone that till we do the actual. Oh, okay. So now you want to have it both ways. You want to say crazy things, but you don't no, really I said, believe let's it. Let's postpone you. it for the AFC pick show. No, I, I want to make it right now. I want to get in on this. Let's well, do it right you, now. But... I know what you're doing, but okay. Uh, you, by you know what I'm doing. It is, you said one team would win 12 games, and what's the most you said Cleveland could win? Six? No, no, I think they could win eight games if everything broke perfectly. So if everything breaks perfectly, they could win eight games versus a team you have projected to win 12 games, but you won't take a straight up. I'm not even asking for odds on this. I want straight up. Browns more wins than the Jets. Doesn't that seem pretty cowardly? 2019 is a year I promised myself not to take any impulsive bets, and this is how it starts. I'm going to think it through. And then we'll have it. And you can demonstrate all you want. I don't care. We'll talk about it on that pick show. And not before then am I going to make a bet. Sorry. This is me showing resilience in 2019. That's this is my year. Stop being a coward. After beating you last year and pick so badly, I want to keep that momentum going. I mean, you did beat me in the, uh, the pickums, the spread pickum for the first time in seven years. Yet you lost money to me. Yeah, that was unfortunate. (laughs) So I, I still ended up winning for the season against you. So that was nice. Bad year for me in the picks. Yeah. Not great. The coin was the best. As it always the coin, is. The coin ended up winning the spread pick and pool. If you had to rank those string of running backs, like would you add anyone to that pool, Garion? Would you bump anyone up into like a tier by themselves against Chubb, Connor, David Johnson, Bell, Mixon, Cook? Like would you throw Aaron Jones into that mix? Damian Williams into that mix? Melvin Gordon into that mix? Todd Gurley into that mix? No, I I don't think there's really a case to be made for the inclusion of anyone else. Aside from, you know, we, we already talked about the Melvin Gordon situation. Like, obviously, Gordon would be there. Gordon, uh, if, In if a Gordon, vacuum, he'd be fine. If but, Gordon reports to camp and is just fine and he's playing week he's number one. number five running back. Yeah, he goes to where one spot, he goes to number 10 in these rankings. Yeah, like I said, the, the only point I would make right now, uh, I would have Johnson as the number one running back in that second tier. Uh, the only person who I could even, I guess, muster an argument for would be Damian Williams, but I'm still kind of uncertain with just how he's going to be utilizing that offense. Like he's, he is someone who is going to win leagues 
or lose leagues. He's he's just that kind of player, and he has that level of outcome. Um, if if you want to trust Andy Reid, they're going to give him a shot, and he might be the guy more so than Chubb, whose early season production is like the linchpin of the 2019 fantasy season. Because if he's really good off the hop and keeps that role, he could finish as like RB2. I think you guys talked me out of Chubb as the number five running back. Too many too many question marks. I'm going to end up with fucking David Johnson at number five. Hey! I don't want to. You know who I want to have at number no. five? Josh Jacobs. I really had to contain myself from ranking him way too highly. I'm not... Okay, sell me I'm, on this. Because like, I'm not down on him. I'm just not... Here, okay, is I'm he, not is Sealy really on? Him? I feel like him he seems like a Sealy guy to me. I'm super high on him. Okay, I, I might be like the highest guy on him. Just uh, he I, seems I, like a Sealy. He just does seem like a I Sealy. I guy. Rolled, which would be good. Jake's an excellent ranker. <laughs> he is. That's what I'm. That's what I was saying. I, it's like I took some Josh Jacobs, put him on a paper, maybe even a two paper, and just filled it up with Josh Jacobs and smoked all that shit to myself because I just want to go as high as possible on him. The way that I see it, and it's been so infrequent that John Gruden has had an actual running back one. And unlike the Seattle situation from last year when they drafted Rashad Penny, where you know Pete Carroll went out and signed, was it Charlie Fry to be his quarterback, then drafted Russell Wilson in like the sixth round. Be like, we're playing Russell Wilson now. And last year, we're playing Chris Carson now, despite the fact that we burned this first-round pick on a running back. Gruden's not going to do that. Gruden has his first-round running back. So floor-wise, he gets all the goal line carries in first and second down yeah. and is not involved in the receiving game. That is his floor. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of carries. So even as a rookie, he could approach 250 to 300 rushing attempts. Now, Yeah, we're already talking about a poor man's Nick Chubb. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So now, if you insert him into the passing game, and he's playing on third down, and he's not a bad receiver by any means. That's just not the way that he was utilized in college. But by all metrics, he's a very good receiver. Now, he's yeah. not Jalen Richard good, but now that Jalen Richard has outed himself as an anti-vaxxer, <laughs> I don't know how long. I don't his, think that people want to be around Jalen Richard and his, his kids. Twitter feed is is you know his, as oh. Tim would say, it's very lit. So it is Elon Musk hits blunt once. So you still have Doug the Pug Martin, who's like a disaster. He's like ninety eight years old and decrepit. He's terrible. Yeah. So there is a situation when we're talking about who plays the most snaps, any running back in football. It could be Josh. Well, here's that's the ceiling. No, sure. So but, I talked about the floor. I talked about the ceiling. Obviously, he's going to come somewhere in between. So but, if you but give, just if say, you if give you him sixty, feel 60, that you, way about him. I got the feels. Like, but again, if you feel that but strongly I'm wrong about all him, all the time, Gary. Also fair, but if you feel that strongly about him, again, I look at him versus Nick Chubb. That that to me almost sounds again. He he has the exact same role as Nick Chubb, the exact same skill set as Nick Chubb, except we know that there's no one walking in week ten, ready to throw a wrench into this offense like if, if you really feel that way he's probably a better pick than nick chubb well there well, uh, there's the also the there line. always are random people to walk in and score touchdowns for the raiders and it's, yeah, yeah, that, there are instaraters that's true instaraters are very much a real thing but also one guy plays in a really good offense and the other guy plays in a fucking terrible offense yeah <laughs> how, how, ba- how bad do we no think the raiders terrible. are gonna be it used to be terrible i think it'll be respectable this season you, i expect it to be they did improve themselves they still have Derek Carr as their quarterback. That's not good. Yeah. Yeah, but I still Carr Carr was like a borderline MVP a couple seasons ago. Like and then he had a he's either, massive a neck and back surgery. Do you, do you remember what but, ha- do you do you actually remember what happened to Derek Carr? Yeah, I do. During his MVP run? Yeah, I do. Tim, do you remember? I don't want to talk about it. Let's move on. People can uh, go watch the 2008 Custy Awards if they want to see what both happened to Derek Carr and Mariota son. Mark, sorry, how do you pronounce that last name, Tim? Marcus? Mariota? 
Skin crawl. That's good to get back into football. Yeah. No, we're like 50 minutes in. We're at player number 16. This is about part for the career. We have to do a part two of this later date. Maybe we can just go find the rankings up on DKPlaybook.com. But well, what do you want to do? Do you just want to hop the players we want to talk about? Or? Yeah. So I'll just list off the. So after that string of running backs there, Mixon, 14, Cook, 15, Odell, Tyreek Hill, number 17, Antonio Brown, Juju. Uh, 20s, Melvin Gordon. Then it's Damian Williams, Josh Jacobs, Todd Gurley, Aaron Jones. Marlon Mack, Keenan Allen, T.Y. Hilton, Mike Evans, Julian Edelman, A.J. Green. And that ends that kind of wide receiver tier that you had talked about. So I have Thielen and Diggs and Cooper on the next tier down with the running back or the tight ends in between with Kittle and Ertz at 31 and 32. So out of those guys, Tim, who's the one that you want to talk about the most? That I haven't said anything about already, I will pick up Hilton. I think Hilton is going to have an amazing season. I, I think he could be <laughs> top five. I think he could be a top two, three receiver in fantasy points by the time it's all said and done. So he's somebody who's like, you know, I have no problem having like the, like in the 14 team league, like we play in having the last pick. I have no issue taking receiver, receiver to finish. I actually think there's a little bit of depth in running back and you can wait on them. I think zero RB is very smart this year. I won't, I, I probably won't be taking any of those running backs in the first round. If I had uh, a first round pick, I, I would take receiver. And I think Hilton's a prime example of someone I would take in the second round and I would be delighted to have as a wide receiver. I I agree with you. And I like, look in, in theory, Pat does too. He's got him as wide receiver eight. If I counted properly. Uh, yes, I believe so. Um, no, it's nine. 10, nine. Cause Keenan. Yeah, Allen's right. right ahead of Tyree kill slotted into, um, look, I would have Hilton over Allen. If we want to make that direct comparison, my thing Yo, with yeah, Allen is sure. just, this is also a PPR scoring. So yeah. the, the baseline. No, I agree with that. The, the baseline for Keenan Allen. I don't Allen, think Keenan Allen's do- as good as a PPR player as people make him out to be. I think people forget that he would rest last season. Standard player, yeah. He, he did. He's, but- he's he's not a better standard player. <laughs> Let me make that point. I am not hopping on that ship. So I, I guess the point is uh, between the two. It depends on how you want to play on. If you want the upside, I kind of agree that T.Y. Hilton probably is the better player, but you're also going to have to stomach those like random two for 42 weeks. Sure. And those don't happen to Keenan Allen. If he has 42 yards, he has eight catches. I just think, again, you have to look at how that offense was implemented last season where he already took a massive step back from 2017 to 2018, talking about Keenan Allen right now. And you've got a situation where San Diego, sorry, Los Angeles, I yeah, knew I was going to do it once. It's year two now. No more of that. I knew I was going to do it once. It's year Los three. Angeles. Oh, yeah. No, the, no, no. For the Chargers, it's year two. It's year three. Is it really? I think it's year three. Oh yeah, I think God. it's right. Um, they threw to their tight end so infrequently last season from a positional target perspective. And you know that's going to go up with Hunter Henry. Like, sure, they lose Williams. But I Mike Williams Hunter is probably. Going to be amazing. I heard that too. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. <laughs> I've heard very, very good things about Hunter Henry. But I, but I do, I do think Hunter Henry is going to be like, look, even if he's not good, he's going to be a vital piece of this offense. Sure. And I, I just don't think you can expect Keenan Allen to go back to who he was. I, excuse me. I think what we saw last season, a season where he also went from leading the league in red zone targets to being pretty, I don't want to say pedestrian, but like middle of the pack in red zone targets because Mike Williams stepped in. Hunter Henry's not going to help in that regard either. So. I think that the template we saw from Allen last season is exactly what we're going to get this season. I don't think there's going to be improvement. So I would take the upside of Hilton, who I just think also has a pretty solid floor. And I'm in love with the Colts offense this season. So I guess the one thing about the Colts offense as it pertains to T.Y. Hilton, I don't think like Eric Ebron ends up with like 39 touchdowns again. No, but but Doyle steps back in. Doyle steps back in. Ebron's there. They brought in fifth tight end Devin Funches to do things. 
is a better tight end than receiver, probably. Oh, yeah, well, he's shaped like a tight end. So he was I, a tight end in college. So, I mean, you throw Mo Ali Cox on the field, you put your four oh, tight ends. I sets. forgot about Mo Ali Cox. Mo Ali Cox. He, he'll be good for like eight touchdowns, too. Like, Luck is becoming very Breeze esque in the way that he just distributes touchdowns around to everyone. Yeah. And you bring in Perry Campbell. He comes over from France to steal our American touchdown. They draft him. He's fine. <laughs> Sorry, I hadn't heard that one yet. <laughs> You don't like Perry? His, instead of like, you know, how Joe Horn used to find Wait, the I don't usually up? get the French thing because you usually reserve that for the golf show. There's not too many. Aside from Gilles Rochard. Uh, Gilles Rocket Richard. Um, yeah, no, that's that's a concern. And then Kane ends up coming back to him. People are already kind of like, everything that we thought like, man, they had like Dontrell Inman and Ryan Grant. And these were like the bums they were running at at wide receiver too. Yeah. Like if they have a viable someone else on the other side of the field to throw to, it just might hurt the overall like ceiling that Hilton can get to. Maybe his efficiency becomes sure. better and maybe he reaches it anyway. But I just don't know if the volume week to week to week to week may necessarily be there like it kind of was last year. Sure, but I think one thing to consider too is Los Angeles was notoriously slow in how they operated their offense. We're on the exact opposite of the spectrum. The Colts were the fastest-paced offense in the NFL. Yeah, but that flipped a lot in the second half of the season when they got better. Fair. A lot of it was when they were down by a bunch in the first half of still, the season. True, but they were still. They I weren't a slow team. They were still top ten in the league. But they, they were, were ahead by seven points. But they were running so many plays. That's fair. The first ten weeks of the year, and That's then fair. all of a sudden, when they made their playoff run, they started running. When Marlon Mack came back, it did shift their offense around. Sure, sure. I I still just think I would rather have Hilton than Allen, just because. Maybe it's it's honestly desensitization, but I'm just kind of bored by the concept of Keenan Allen at this point. I'd, I'd rather have the upside of T.Y. Hilton. It's that bad chin strap beard, isn't it? It's not great. It's really not great. You, you talking about him or you? Well, that's not really a chin strap. I suppose that's true. Although, I guess if it doesn't connect, which it doesn't, it is a chin strap, so. There you go. So, Tim, you like T.Y. Hilton more. Would that mean you would draft him, like, in that Antonio Brown, Tyree Kill range or even higher than that? No, right there at that range. Are you in on Antonio Brown? I yeah. feel like he could lead the league in targets. I mean, it's just Antonio Brown. And, yeah, but it, he's not good without look, Ben. I heard that this from is, Ben. This is a real lazy take, but this is honestly the best I got. Until he doesn't do it, he's Antonio Brown. That's that's all I really got to say. Yeah, Tim, yeah, you like older players now. He's an older player, so I assume you're in. Yeah, I, I think you've got him rated fine. I mean, 18th, whatever. Maybe a touch higher, maybe a touch lower. I don't know. I think 18th is fine. I think uh, middle of the second round is fair for him. Uh, what player did you want to talk about from this like 20 to 30 range? Is it Gurley? Should we talk about I was, was going to say, I don't really want to, but I guess we have to talk about Gurley. I, I had to wreck him somewhere. But I don't want to I draft him. I don't want, I'm not going to draft him either. But I feel like, again, uh, I kind of equate it to if anyone watches uh, the golf shows, like when Jordan Spieth is like $8,700 at a major, you're sure. like, he could huh. just win. It's yeah. like, he's awful, but like he might win. Yeah. And all of a sudden he's just in contention. He's a great pick. And Gurley, if he's going to slip to like the third round, could be a really great pick. Look, we don't we don't know anything about how that organization is going to handle this. And if we learned anything about McVeigh prior to Gurley, you know, getting hurt or having this like knee ailment that apparently was dormant and they knew was going to pop up at some point, but he had the simplest sort of like snap share in the NFL to figure out. If you were a starter, you were going to be on the field every snap unless you were a tight end and that was the only rotation they had. Like, it was so easy. So, much like Pittsburgh, there's an environment that's ripe to have a running back take 90% of the snaps and 95% of the team carries for the season. But we just saw a Super Bowl where 
Anderson got more carries than he did, and they've been very vocal about the fact that he's got this weird knee thing. They draft a running back in round three. I, I just, I, I think the writing's pretty clearly on the wall that split at best, split at best, and they're going to try to save him for the second half of the season. Does that mean you would draft Daryl Henderson? I think I don't know if I would go out of my way to draft him, but he, I mean he's definitely an asset. Yeah, Tim, what are you doing with Gurley? I don't want him. I think the risk is too high. Uh, I mean, if, if you're in a position like I am, where I don't tend to take running backs probably in the first three rounds at least. Well, I think that depends then, on where you pick, though, doesn't it? Even still, I mean, I would ha- it would have to be tremendous value for me to take a running back in the first two rounds. Well, you said that Christian McCaffrey would be your number one player. Yeah, if I had the first overall pick, sure, yeah. I would take him. If I had the second overall pick, sure, those top four guys are cut above. I, I get that. But if I'm picking anywhere after the top four, I'm probably not going to take a running back. Let's let's even say like in in that example where if you have a top four pick, you know you've got one of the four best running backs, one of the four best players in football. If we mm-hmm. do think Gurley's going to be drafted like in this tier, that's back end of the second round, front end of the third round. So it's likely in you'll you'll have a shot if you're someone who has Zeke Elliott on your roster. You're yeah. probably going to be forced to think about taking Todd Gurley with your third pick or your second pick, I would rather just have like Mike Evans. Well, I, I can talk everyone out of this. Just take Josh Jacobs instead. That, that too. If that, that, that has actually made this decision very easy for me because that's around. He'll, he'll be there. He'll be there. And they'll yeah. both, presumably they'll both be there. And I'll be like, I like this guy. But I just I think like if, if I have a running back of that caliber already, uh, which I know is an easy thing to say, I'm just going to take T.Y. Hilton, Mike Evans, and shore up my wide receiving core with a definite, as opposed to taking this massive risk with Gurley. Now, if you're someone who went receiver-receiver in the first two rounds, yeah, sure, why not? You swing Take for a that shot. upside? I'd still go Take with a shot. there. So, like, if you pick number one, theoretically, like, based on the way that ADPs and, like, drafts I've done so far have broken down, you could, whoever you want of the top four, you yeah. can take a number one. So let's say it's Elliot, based on mine. So you get Elliot, and then if we play in a, let's say, 12-team league, We'll throw that out there. You could have Jacobs as your running back, too. Like you said, Mike Evans, T.Y. Hilton, or one of the tight ends if you really wanted to. I yeah. It's probably too high. But yeah, Allen, Hilton, or Evans could be your wide receiver one. That's pretty good. That's fantastic. And you, and you would just avoid the amount of risk that is Todd Gurley. But again, there's there are builds that are conducive to me being a little interested in Gurley. But I, it would take such a specific set of circumstances to make me want to draft him because I, I just don't trust what's happening right well, now. Well, drafting Gurley right now, and he's not going this low. He's going like the middle of the second round. Yeah. So I think there's a bit more risk there when you throw him into that David Johnson or even like not necessarily David Johnson, but you throw him into that mix with like... Look, imagine taking Todd Gurley ahead of Dalvin Cook. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's not something I would do ever. I wouldn't either, but I think if we look at like actual projections of how this breaks down for the year, Todd Gurley outscores Dalvin Cook 48% of the time probably. Okay. Like, it's a lot closer than maybe these rankings have it out. I, just, I don't want to draft Todd. Because I think yeah. that if, like, a lot of this is based on Cook getting hurt. If Cook just has a very average season and plays 16 games, he's still going to be pretty good. If Gurley has an average season and plays 16 games, and all of a sudden he's in a split, like, he could be really bad. He could be awful, yeah. That's the whole thing. Or maybe they shut him down. No, like, oh. I will say I think this is something we're, we're not really seeing with fantasy rankings because all three Rams wide receivers are still like top 25 guys. It's tough. It's, it's so, I mean, that's, that's a whole situation unto itself, but it does seem like people sort of forget 
how elite the Rams offense was last season because they didn't score points in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And because we spent a summer making fun of teams for trying to hire Sean McVay, I get that's funny, but guess what? They actually have Sean McVay. That's a good thing to have. Like they're going to they're going to be a very very good offense. So that is a boon, but again, I I can't see him being the guy he was last season. Tim, you love old dudes. AJ Green at 30. Doesn't that seem like decent value? Great value. I, I think completely. I, I think that is a, well, a fair ranking and the type of receiver I would be targeting there should I uh, need one in the, you know, in, in around the 30th pick. So that's a spot where, again, you know, you, you, if you had an early pick, you probably would get a chance to take a run at him and I, I wouldn't mind it. All right, 31 to 40. We got Kittle, Ertz, Amari Cooper, Thielen Diggs, Devonta Freeman, Fournette, James White, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Kenny Galladay at 41, Brendan Cooks at number 42. So all the Rams receivers and Galladay mixed in there. I initially started out like pretty decent on Freeman. Mm-hmm. And this is the more I thought about it, the more I don't like it. I'm having trouble with that one too. Um, it's like the Thielen and Diggs thing. Like I, I downgraded them both. I think they're both independently going to be all right. I just don't know which one's going to be better. <laughs> like that's, that's tough. Yeah. I, I, I think it's too, it's too simple to just think Devonta is going to become a bell cow. Like, it, it just doesn't seem like that's the way they've ever utilized him. That one year. Yeah, the was one like the time. best fantasy running back. But, like, Ito Smith was really ingratiated in that offense last season. Like, I don't, I don't see a reason why he's just going to fall out of it. Yeah. He loves I, that joke so much. I will say my favorite ranking you have, and it's one that I thought I was high on James White, and now I have to reconsider... That I am too. No one in this room White. is higher on James White than I am. People, so we all love people James are White. Out on James White. I don't and get I it. Don't they understand. They've why. been out on him his whole career, even though he's year after year proving to be the most valuable Patriots fantasy player. And he will be again he's, this year. He's right. going have to be such a massive value. I had to like, double where, check when I when I where's he, he was, going in drafts? Uh, by fantasy football calculator, he's like running back twenty five or twenty six. So like overall, it's like Mad around weird. pick fifty. Yeah, so I have him at 38. I just think, like, if you He's, wanted to, like, play Tim zero RB strategy or go receiver, receiver, or Kelsey receiver, the best round four and then you go, and then you, you probably don't even need to take him in round. Like, he's going 54. So the back end of round four, the beginning of round five in PPR formats. Hell, even in standard formats, he's still actually pretty good. He was and a with top the way, and with 25 the way, running back 13 times in standard leagues last season. And the only four guys who f- had more finishes inside the top 25 were the top four <laughs> running backs we're taking as the top four picks. James White is so good. I don't understand. And now Gronk's not there. That's the whole thing. Like, with the way that their offense is set up, and we've seen this with Brady over the years. He trusts the guys he trusts. Yeah, like, if Nikhil Harry comes in and, like, Brady doesn't like him, like, he's not going to play. Philip Dorsett's going to play. Yep. But James White is going to be on the field. And then they'll line him, line him up at receiver. Like, and something to think and, about, too. And maybe, and maybe I'm going to uh, maybe piggyback with Tim here a little bit. It's conceivable that maybe the Patriots are not quite as good as maybe even they were last year. Maybe sure. their offense takes a little bit of a step back. Or maybe the team as a whole isn't just winning all the time. Like, whenever they got up in games, they turned around and handed the ball off to Sony Michelle. Mm-hmm. That's what they did. But let's say that they're not, let's say they're more competitive this year in a lot of these games. The games were within one score. James White's going to be on the field a lot. And he's going to be catching a ton of passes. I think the thing that gets a little undervalued, too, just because he's not going to be someone who ever comes out of this season averaging, like, double-digit carries per game, he's still going to get seven, eight, five, nine, like some level of touch work in the running game. And he's running behind an offensive line that back-to-back seasons 
has led the AFC in adjusted line yards. Like, they run the football really well. They've done it for a very long time. Who do you think gets better touch work, James White or Bob Kraft? <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Uh, so we're all in on, we, do you have any thoughts about Leonard Fournette? I had a guy on the show who wanted to fight Leonard Fournette. It was awesome. I, I think in, in, a, in a zero RB world, two guys, well, three guys, because James White is obviously my number one target in this, in this thing. We're probably going to disagree on this last one. Um, I'm fine with Fournette. I, I think he's going to be utilized in that offense. I think they're honest when they say they want to like work him back into where he was a season or two ago. I don't think he's good. But I think he's going to get he's, a lot of volume. I think he's good, but but I I Derrick Henry is someone I'm also fine with. Okay, like, well, I, I I like Derrick Henry. I like him a lot more than you do. Yeah, I have Derrick Henry way down. He just I think he's a top fifteen running back. If they utilize him like they did the final four weeks of last year, he might be the best running back. I think I just don't see that. I think that Deion Lewis is a better pick than Derrick Henry look, this year. You're Take talking Deion to someone Lewis who, in like the fifteenth round, and you might get equivalent value. You're talking to someone who last season was shouting from the rooftops that I would take Deion Lewis a thousand times out of a thousand. He's such a better running back than Derrick Henry. That still might even be the case. But I think going into his free agency season, I I think Tennessee knows, and they've said as much so far, that they just want to run the tread off these tires. Like They don't have to worry about the future of what Derrick Henry is for the Tennessee Titans organization. Like I think this is probably his last season with the team. I think they're going to run him into the ground. I, I think he approaches 20 carries per game. And at that point... Look, he's not involved in the passing game, but it's really not all and, that different. And, and from that's, what... that's been my big case against Derrick Henry this entire time. I think that Tennessee is going to be brutal this year. And I think they're going to be down in a lot of games, which means Derrick Henry is not going to be on the field. I don't know if they're going to be that bad, though. Like, I, I think they're just an they also-ran the AFC. They have Mariota-san at quarterback. Yeah, or your buddy, Rand Rand Tannehill. Maybe he's their number I one receiver. He'll Great at winning seven games. Before. Look, that's the thing. I just don't think they're going to be bad, bad. I think I think the defense is pretty good. I think Jacksonville might be better than Tennessee. And they also, they already had a pretty good run-blocking offensive line, and they went out, and this is another reason to kind of like backtrack on Gurley a little bit. Tennessee went out and signed Roger Saffold, who last season when Saffold was on the field, Todd Gurley was averaging 5.4 yards per carry. When Saffold was off, that dropped a full yard. Like, he is one of the best run-blocking guards in the NFL. I just think they have a very good offensive line. They were a team that already was running the ball more than 50% of the time. Or sorry, that was Seattle, but they were second. They, they led the AFC in, in rush rate. They are, they are the team built. There's only like two or three teams in the NFL built to actually make Derrick Henry a good fantasy piece. It'll probably burn me in the end, but I'm willing to die on the Derrick Henry as a top 15 running back hill. Yeah, I, I would just rather be burned by another player than Derrick Henry. I just, I don't want to go down that Well, road. Josh Jacobs says hi. Josh Jacobs is, is my guy that I'm going down the tubes with this year. Tim, what about you? What do you feel about Derrick Henry? I feel exactly the way you do about him. Oh, no. I think that everyone <laughs> on that team, I don't think there's much skill on that team at all. I, I don't want anything what to do with him. What about Mariota-san? I like I said, I think Tannehill's gonna be the starter by like week four or five if he doesn't just win the job outright in camp, which I think is a real live option. We skipped over the forty to fifty range here, so I had a Rams receiver, pick one. I have Woods the highest. I think I'll end up drafting Cup because he's going the latest. Yeah. I think I Cup like is Cooks, the best. I'm always like Cook's the best, so I'm sticking with Cooks. I like I would have Cooks as the number one ranked receiver, but like you, if I'm going to draft one at their current value, I would take Cup. So I think actually uh, Goff is like the number three overall quarterback since 2010 at percentage of passes targeted at slot receivers. It's like 24% of his passes go to the slot. He loves throwing there. It's like him, Fitzpatrick, and I think Russell Wilson. 
Really? Yeah. It's because Russell Wilson might be wrong, but the other two are definitely oh, well, right. I mean, when you have Walt Disley on your team and he's playing in the slot, <laughs> you're good to go. So 41 to 50, I got uh, Kenny Galladay. Uh, sure. for- <laughs> yeah. Insane person. <laughs> so Woods Cup, Galladay at number 41. Brandon Cooks at number 42, Godwin Ridley, Prison Mike Williams, Robbie Anderkust, Tim, your pal, DJ Moore, Alshon Jeffrey, Tower Lockett, and Kenyon Drake at number 50. This is like the tier three of wide receiver range. Everyone's so big on Chris Godwin, it just feels like he's going to bust. I think he's going to be good, but it just feels like he's going to bust. Again, this goes back to my philosophy on Tyreek Hill from before. Like, I hate, I hate all these wide receivers so much. I hate Tyler Lockett. I hate Alshon Jeffrey. I like Alshon Jeffrey to me. If if there's a candidate on the board going inside the top 100, where if you ask me, Garyant, who could be this year's Demarius Thomas? Like just big bodied, slow wide receiver who suddenly just falls off the end of the earth. Alshon Jeffrey is my number one candidate. Why? I just look at even he was fine last season, but it took such a level of efficiency that Alshon Jeffrey has never had before to get even the modest numbers he had last season. Like Demarius Thomas in 2017 only averaged 6.9 yards per target. It was one of the worst marks of any receiver that had hundred targets that was tied with Alshon Jeffrey. And the only way Jeffrey got better last season was for the first time in his career, he caught more than 56% of his targets and was up at like 73%. There's no possible way that happens again. We're already talking about a Philadelphia team that targets wide receivers less than any other positional group in terms of wide receivers across the board uh, because they target their tight ends so much. And then they just brought back Deshaun Jackson. Brought well. back Deshaun Jackson. Still have a lot of guys. Like I, I just I look at where he's going in drafts and what his upside could be. I just don't see a whole lot of upside. I'm not saying he's just suddenly going to be. I think I think like Demarius has like 14th round ADP this season just because he's on the Patriots. On the Patriots, uh, I don't know if he falls off a cliff to that extent, but I I just feel like we could have our, our perceptions of Alshon Jeffrey drastically altered by this season. This really feels like a potential really busty range. Of oh yeah, there's just like, like even Mike Williams. Like I understand. I, I think I actually think Mike Williams is going to be very good. And Tim, I hate to admit it, so I, I. I actually think that Robbie Anderson's a pretty good fantasy. I also like Robbie year. Anderson, but like there's ob- there's still obvious risk. There, Great player might be a bit much. Yeah, he, he could very well be an all pro. But Darnold, like you said, all pro. Do you think that Robbie Anderson? Ooh. Would you like to make that bet, Tim? Oh. What sort of? I didn't say it's going to happen. I said he could okay, happen. okay. What sort of odds would you need to take on? Robert? I don't know. I have to think about it. This is, goes back to me refusing to be bullied into things. Yeah, I'm not trying is, to bully. I'm just. Is, I like how me asking you things is now bullying you into things. Toughen up, snowflake. I'm not a snowflake. I don't know. Insane person. Can't can't take a stance on gender, Tim. Yeah, gender neutral, Tim Andercus snowflake. Softest man alive. Don't bully me into it. What odds would you like? Don't bully me. You sound like the guy from There Will Be Blood. Stop bullying me, Daniel. <laughs> Daniel was bullying him. He actually he was. really was, yeah. Then he beat him to death. <laughs> I guess I said I spoiled the movie. That's your fault for well, not that's watching it. Fif- 15 years? It, it came out 12 years ago. 12 years, okay. I'm finished. Do, 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 do. Oh, the best. So, all pro, Robbie Anderson. Give me odds. No, I'm not. 
I refuse to. Ridley? I like him. I like Look, him last the, year. The touchdown stuff's going to normalize. It, it has, has to, to, right? I know these guys are risky, but I also kind of like almost all the receivers in this range. Okay, but this maybe that's more my point. Is just like there's obvious upside with Galladay. There's obvious upside. With I, I, I don't think the Galladay's God, not in that class. I, I don't I think that. I would say Godwin through Lockett is the sure. guy. So Godwin, but there's upside with Godwin. There's upside with Ridley. There's obvious upside with Williams. There's upside with Anderson. I just get down and and to be fair, you have Jeffrey behind all these guys, which I would also have. But like I just look at Jeffrey in that tier, and I'm like, I just don't see the upside. I really don't. Um, and Lockett, look, I know it's easy to say normalization is coming. Every statistic in the world will tell you normalization is coming. My thing is just for everyone out there who suddenly thinks Tyler Lockett, because Doug Baldwin's not there, Tyler Lockett's going to have 120 targets this season. Doug, Doug Baldwin was missing for several weeks last season. I, I played this game last year. It did not work well, out. No. I hate every pass catcher on the Seahawks. I don't. You? It's because Russell Wilson loves every pass catcher on the Seahawks. He's just not going to have someone who is suddenly going to have a 25 to 30% target share. Yeah, Russell it's Wilson. It's not going to happen. As it pertains to the passing game, Russell Wilson's a Bernie bro. Just spreading it all spreading around. Love. Wait for DraftKings Metcalf to get in there. It's a socialist offense. It's true. It's like the old Drew Brees communist offense. Now we have the socialist <laughs> offense of the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> and they're going to run so much. They're going to run so much, and they're not going to run any plays. They're going to run 55 plays per game. Yeah, like, it just, he needs to get so incredibly, I don't even want to say lucky, because Lockett is a good player, and it mm-hmm. makes sense how he was able to score so yeah. many touchdowns based and look, on the... Russell Wilson is one of the best deep ball passers we have. Like, people forget that. Yeah, like, it's it's not it's not all just luck that, I mean, it's 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 very lucky that, I think it was, throws over 20 yards, like he had a perfect quarterback rating to Tyler Lockett. Like, that's not going to happen, but it speaks also to the fact that Russell Wilson's quite good. Uh, but yeah, if he, if they throw it 25 times per game, you'll be lucky if Tyler Lockett has like seven targets. That's I, that's I think a reasonable expectation. I think he finishes the season with like 85, 90 targets. Best case scenario. And it's David Moore, right? He's the other David guy. David Moore, yeah. Yeah. So everyone's talking about Metcalf. Everyone's talking about Lockett. Like David Moore could be the best receiver sure. on this team, fantasy wise. Definitely. And that's not good. That's to not great. Out. No. But so from 50 and beyond to 100 again, you can find the entire rankings up on dkplaybook.com. Uh, any other guys we want to talk about from in here? Like I have Mahomes, Luck, Watson, and Rogers. That's the order I have them in starting at 56, 57, 58, and 59. Like if any of those guys are available to me at the beginning of the sixth round, I'm probably taking them. I, I doubt they're going to be there considering Mahomes is going in like the second round. Yeah, you could. Uh, Watson is probably the one you could get. Yeah, but even Watson's like a back and forth. But I, I think like when I get down to my next like my next like run of quarterbacks, I have Baker Mayfield at eighty two, and then Jameis at ninety two, and then Cam. Cam, like that's probably where I'm going to end up. I'm probably going to end up taking because Baker's going higher than that. I'll probably end up taking Jameis or Cam. I would have so much Cam or Josh Allen. Well, I guess we're. I'm also very high on Josh. We're Allen. in a lot of leagues together, so maybe I won't have as much Cam as I think I'm going to have. Cam. But I'll take Winston I'm, over Cam. If I finish, if I come out of drafts with Cam Newton as my starting quarterback in every league, I'm a very happy man, and I know that it irks Tim, which makes me even happier. Tim hates Cam Newton. I don't know. Ha- has your tune changed on Cam Newton, Tim? It's it's been four or five months. Had time to I reflect. Mean, I, I have long held the same view that as a person, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but as a player, <clears throat> I think he's super. The day that he lied to us all and t- pretended like he didn't know he was playing in the Super Bowl told me everything I needed to know. 
You just said as a player and then pointed out something about his personality. Well, I was him as a player. Off the field, I'm sure he's a really nice guy. Oh, no, player, that, that's not true. All you ever said is that Cam Newton walks around looking for photo ops because he's a giant phony. To quote you, big, fat, fat phony. phony. Number two quarterback in 2017. His arm hurts. I actually don't mind throw. Cam Newton this year. I don't mind Cam Newton this year at all for fantasy. I think... Then I think he could be ranked a little higher. What do you? What if you play in an awesome points per awesome hats league? <laughs> First pick. Well, you should just draft me then. Tim would be DFL. You know Tim wears a fedora golfing now? He looks like the biggest jabroni on earth. He looks like fucking Robin Hood. <sighs> I need to process that for a second. It's not great. I also yeah. got I also Do got you a- wear your John Lennon glasses when you golf? I haven't worn them recently, no. I, I, I don't know why... I actually find trouble golfing with sunglasses on. I find they become uh, irritating around the backs of my ears. And I usually end up taking them off after a few holes. I mean, I don't wear a hat while I golf. I'm out there for the tan. Yeah, that's bad. That's bad form, though. How is that bad form, exactly? You should be wearing something to cover your head while you're on a golf course. You know, melanoma and such. I like your tan. Yeah. What can I say? If so rarely am I just outside for five straight hours. i gotta got to soak in all that vitamin D while I can. I saw you had a caddy. What was that like? Oh, when I played at Hazeltine? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking amazing. Really? It actually does make you better. Does he like give you tips and stuff? I guess he would have to. Uh, yeah, like he tells like he has the the track man, so he tells you exactly like how far away you are at all times. Oh. But just like walking the golf course is fun. Walking a golf course if you're carrying a bag or like even a pull cart is not fun, at yeah. least for me. But if you're just like casually strolling around, like, hey, here, take my club, clean it off. Like I never clean my clubs off when I'm playing by myself. Yeah. He's cleaning my clubs off. So That's pretty cool. it just makes you a lot better. I can see that. I just saw it and was like, oh, I've never even considered ever in my life playing with a caddy. He holds your beer for you. It's great. Yeah. That's the, that's the big thing you forget when you don't have a cart. Yeah. And you get a beer and you're like, this is great. And you're like, I have nowhere to put this. Well, there's a lot of pool carts that have like uh, the beer slot, I guess. Or, or the drink slot. Not, not at the like, $25 courses I play. I play you don't like drinking while you play golf? No, I don't. I find I don't, it doesn't keep me sharp. I'll have a DC or something, but I'm not drinking any beer. Oh, yeah. He's on calling Diet Coke's DCs now. And he's drinking seven a day. <laughs> Because it's healthy, according to Tim. <laughs> well, I'm like number four of the day now. Oh, my God. A DC? You don't have the time to say Diet Coke? He's a millennial. What do you want from That's him? That's true. It's true. Mr. Millennial. Not a millennial. You are a millennial. Josh Allen? Very good fantasy quarterback. I've heard that. Everyone wants the Lamar Jackson and, and Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's probably a better upside play because he can actually Why throw. was this fictitious person from Boston? I don't know. But Josh <laughs> Allen is very good. He's going undrafted. Imagine not drafting Josh Allen when you could draft Josh Allen. That's all, that's all you need to know. And your team with Josh Allen without Josh Allen. Does he rush for more than 3,000 yards this year? Oh, well, how couldn't he? Exactly. That's so you point. need that guy on your team. I didn't consider that. Uh, look, I got no problem with Josh Allen being a fringe top 12 quarterback. Like that's, that's where the production was towards the end of last season. The, the touchdown stuff is, is a little crazy, but I, I don't think he's going to change his philosophy of one read and then just run straight, run straight or bomb. 
Those are the two plays <laughs> the Bills have. Plays, which they have decrepit old running backs, Josh Allen, who just runs around like a crazy person, and bomb. And then they bring in, I mean, they brought in the bees yeah. in order for like quick dump downs, but then they bring in John Brown for more bombs. That's I, I was a little disappointed when they when they brought in John Brown. Did you like I, Robert Foster? I did like Robert Foster, but now you can't really now it doesn't even really matter. It, um, it's hard to really trust any of the Bills wide receivers, but I don't know. Like, I just don't get why people are so down on Josh Allen. And everyone, like, Tim will tell you. Tim, what do you think the difference between Sam Darnold year one and year two is? Like, the improvement. I think it will be monumental. Monumental. What about Baker Mayfield year one to year two? Can't get worse. Incremental. Incremental. And then everyone talks about Josh Allen. It's like, well, Josh Allen is who he is. There's no way he could possibly get better. That's true. Imagine if he he gets 30% better at passing and completes 53% of his passes. And like you said. Like, that's very valuable based on his arm. He's he's free. He's free. So he'll come up many times, I'm sure, in uh, DFS conversations and streaming quarterback conversations. Um, one guy that's kind of interesting, uh, just in this 50 to 100 tier, because of, one, we got more Eagles running back news, which is great. But well, my, What's the latest on Miles Sanders? Well, there wasn't really anything on Miles Sanders necessarily. It's just that they re-signed Darren Sproles, which brings their running back total to... 11,000. Oh, 11 billion? 11 billion. Um, Sproles decided not to shake Tim's hand at the Super Bowl. Best now decision his he Best decision. He won a Super Bowl. Now his career is extended well into his mid-70s. Yep. It's great. He's about to become... And, and still, when you see him on the field, he's so quick, he just goes, Nerf. He's got one move. He takes one, one side step, Nerf. he's gone. And he's always the Eagles' best running back. But think, so is there any scenario, even if he's still on the board at pick 79... I'm just not going to roster an Eagles running back this season. Like I think you that's, would rather that's take, my general philosophy. You would rather take Larry Sanders, R.I.P.? Yeah. Not I'd the rather ba- take the fictional character Larry yes, Sanders. not the basketball player. No. You would still take Miles Sanders over the two-nuked basketball player, Larry Sanders? Yeah, he's just two-nuked. Very nuked. I mean, it's the NFL. You can't play if you're two-nuked. Yeah, you got to play for Denver. And even then, they still won't let you play. Oh, won't let you play. Yeah, I, I don't know what like the Seahawks backfield, I don't know what to do with. The Niners backfield, I don't know what to do with. I think the Seahawks is pretty just just with how they're being drafted, I think it's pretty easy to just say avoid Chris Carson and take your shot with But Penny. it's not like people are overdrafting Chris no, Carson. No, but he's still like fringe top twenty-five in terms of ADP. Like I, I just think with that situation in particular, because it's well, right now it's only two guys. I'm hoping it's only gonna be two guys for the foreseeable future. But I think you just take the lower of those two for ADP and cut your losses if it doesn't work out. This situation, again, like they're going to end up having to cut like Corey Clement or Josh Adams. Or Wendell Small. Or Wendell Small. Like there are so many running backs on this team. Maybe they'll use them all. And they, they will. Doug Peterson loves a running back by committee. He loves it. And we've seen it time and time again. So my blanket approach to Eagles running backs this season is I'm not going to roster one. What were you for say, the Dan? Niners, I expect a nice comeback season from Jarek McKinnon. I, I sort of thought he was going to get last year before he got hurt. Oh my God. This, this, this year coming, should, I expect You shouldn't Jarek. be allowed to do that I to mean, someone J- who's had J- so much. Jarek, if you're out there, we're sorry. Yeah. This happened to you last year. Tim proclaimed you would, he would be a top five running back last year. And what happened the next day, Tim? I don't know if it was the next day. It was, the, it was, ne- it was the next was day. I think it was Bishop Sankey happened to the next day. No, that happened later that night. I, you know what? I refuse. I like Mark McGuire. I'm not here to talk about the past. I'm here to talk about the present. You're here to hit dings. Socks that and dings. too. I think Jarek will, will actually be quite quite good. 
I think where he's going, he's a viable pick. Yeah, especially which is why people. I think, but, but I have, like in a zero RB approach, he's somebody I've got on my list of people that I'm looking for. Did you really like find out what zero RB like you you saw like a headline well, for it, read an article, and now you're all in? We're about five years past when it first was implemented, so this is right around the time Tim should be learning what it is and implementing. But it. But it's funny that Tim keeps bringing this up because I talked to Radcliffe about this last week. You hit the description, you can find all these shows. It might be a good season to go zero RB because one of the reasons that zero RB didn't work for the past two years is because everyone did zero RB. The whole point of zero RB is that no one was doing it. So you got to have like elite receivers at the very top. And now everyone has shifted back to taking running backs again, that it's more viable this time around because you can scrape the top of all the tiers of the other positions where in the past two years you couldn't because everyone was doing the exact same thing. Generally, whatever the prevailing theory is on how to draft, just do the opposite of that and you'll be good. Yeah. No, again, like I think there, there is a nice cluster of running backs going around pick 50 that you can feel pretty good about, even if they turn out to be your RB1. Like carry, like if Carrion Johnson or David Montgomery was your running back one, like you wouldn't feel good no, about that. But, but think about what the rest of your team is. Again, you can survive that. I think if Kenyon Drake is your running back one, it's not great, but you can survive that because your team is so awesome. And then there's the James White factor, which again, if I'm if I'm picking my perfect draft and I'm not having one of those four running backs off the top, it's some combination of receiver, receiver, tight end. James White. Yeah, like, I'm it, very if, happy. If you had like the tenth pick, you could go like Kelsey, Odell, Hill, Brown, Odell, or Juju, whatever one you wanted. So let's say Tim really likes Juju. You could go Kelsey, Juju, Mike Evans, or Ty yeah. Hilton, and then you could go potentially Josh Jacobs if he falls to the fourth round. Like, yeah, he's a late third, and round then pick. go James White. Yeah, but even then, you could still take. I don't know, Stefan Diggs, if you wanted yeah. to. And then you have your receivers filled out, your tight end filled out. Then you could go James White, David Montgomery, Darius Geis, and just start picking. Here for you, yeah. Darius Geis. You know, Rip Torn died. Did he? He did. He really got brushed over. I just I kind of saw it pop up like three days after it happened. Oh, that makes sense, because uh, Apatow had, had tweeted out some pictures from Larry Sanders' show. This is for you, Don Geis! <laughs> The neighbor's son is a computer physicist, and my son can eat a fucking chicken sandwich. (laughs) You don't get very many Freddy Got Fingered references, but here we go. We've made two in the last two shows. Number one son. I'm the number one son, Freddy. The number one son. Where's your LeBaron, Freddy? People have seen that movie, right? No, no, they they have have not. not. Really? God, no. Why do you think people have seen Freddy Got Fingered, Tim? age, like people who are around our age, everybody saw that movie. In like, Canada? Yeah. Not sure. even in Canada! What do you think? Oh, the... I think I think that movie has a greater cultural... Are you going to ask me what the, what the box movie. office gross of that yeah, movie is? Yeah, what do you think the box uh, office gross for Freddy, Freddy Got Fingered I'm going to say $4.5 million worldwide. Tim? No, I was going to say like $25 million. That's also not very... If it did $25 million that's, worldwide... Especially in that era of comedy, that's bad. Worldwide, $16 million. Okay. I don't think people have seen Freddy Got Fingered. No, they have not. Well, just because they didn't see it at the theaters doesn't mean they didn't see it. No, that probably means they didn't see it. Yeah. Because when it had like zero on say, Rotten I don't Tomatoes. Even know it, I don't even know if I would consider that like a cult comedy. It's not. It's, it's, a bad, not, it's just a bad, bad comedy. <laughs> just, when I was 14, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. And still remember it. All right. Any other guys from in here? Like Lindsay versus Freeman? I'll probably draft. I have Lindsay ranked higher, but like when yeah. it comes down to actually 
drafting. Sure. Like, I'm, yeah. Lindsay's not going this low, so I'm not going to get Lindsay. I just I have Freeman at 91. That's well above where he's going, so I'll end up with Royce Freeman. If that's how I play with that. Yeah. An- another in in our narrative, another very viable option in a zero RB theory. Mm-hmm. Tim, um, any guys that you think I'm too low on from down here? Am I too low on Tyler Boyd at 66? No, What's, I think that's about right. Is the fear just that Monkey with AJ shines. Green? It's an experiment in fear. It could just be that the Bengals aren't good. Yeah, look, that's that's perfectly I don't fine. Know. I think I think Tim, they you, can support. You can't just say the Patriots are going to be bad every year and the Bengals are going to be good every year. That does not work. They out literally for you. have the third lowest Super Bowl odds of any team in the NFL right now. Like they're not expected to be good, Tim. I didn't say they were going to be. But you they also don't have a left terrible. side of the offensive line, which. I've heard this. I don't know if it's true. Some would say that's the most important side of the line for the passing game. No. Yeah, that's fake news. Okay. But Tim, what were you going to say? I'm not worried about it. But I think, <sighs> like, I'd rather have Tyler Boyd than Alshon Jeffrey. But my, I, I might be the lowest person on Alshon Jeffrey. Maybe, I mean, you may have sold me on moving Alshon Jeffrey down a bit. But what do you make of Geis? Do you really think that, like, AP is going to get serious run here? Well, the fact that they said they're going to use Geist to keep AP fresh tells me everything I need to know. He, he is the AP whisperer. He is the AP whisperer. We do know that. I don't know, it just seems crazy to me that if Geist was healthy, like you wouldn't be playing Geist. I think there's, there's a scenario no to, where though. this starts out as like a, a running back by committee with Adrian Peterson getting the bulk of the work, but I think very easily that could switch by like week five, week six. I, I think when Geist gets his opportunities, he should probably pl- outplay the... 34-year-old Adrian Peterson? I can't remember how old Adrian Peterson is now. Yeah. He's too old, though. Too, too old. old. Can't take his stuff. He's too old. Can't take his carries. He's too old. Any? Do we want any Giants that aren't Berkeley? Like, do you want Sterling Shepard? Do you want Golden Tate? I don't mind Evan Ingram. I guess Ingram. Ingram's fine. Him. Look, I'll say this. I I don't mind Golden Tate. Of course not. I don't dislike Shepard this season. Um... But I think the only scenario I'm using Sterling Shepard is injury, maybe in a flex, but as a bye week replacement. That's like my level of yeah, trust. Like, in I, him. I have him around like Fuller and Landry and Allen Robinson and Boyd, Christian Kirk, Didi, Kiki. I have Deshaun Hamilton up there. I do think Deshaun Hamilton is the best Denver receiver. Are you worried, though, about just how well the Colonel seems to be progressing? Listen, the Colonel can run all of his practice he wants. Let's see him in, like, is the one thing, like, I started looking to, like, what doctors were actually, like, Twitter doctors. No, 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 no. I'm going to watch the six-second video and make my own opinions. Yeah, Tim is a Twitter doctor. (laughs) That is true. Uh, But, like, at the Fantasy Doctors, they do really good breakdowns Mm -hmm. of this stuff. Uh, And just, like, even to hear them talk, like, it's one thing to be doing this in practice and looking good doing it. It's like, it shows he's on the right path, but that is not the same as playing in a game. The different type of cuts, people actually hitting when you do this, and the fact that you need to trust your Achilles in this sort of situation. Like, yeah. It's a really tough beat. Well, I feel like even if he comes back, though, like Deshaun probably has that slot wide receiver role just pretty well Agreed. locked up. Agreed. I think a bigger threat right now to Deshaun Hamilton is Noah Fan. Yeah. Because he's sure. not going to be blocking. Sure. So, But I think that he's the best of the Denver wide receivers. And like, it's not like Flacco's not going to. Also, have you seen it. Dark Flacco? No. He's, he's just real sad and bearded. He seems like a guy who just sits in his basement and drinks alone. I just feel like every single quarterback who has been brought in to Denver since Jay Cutler gets like just taken over by the soul of Jay Cutler and becomes just real sad. And you mean reality TV's greatest star, Jay Cutler? He's so good. He's awesome. Lamar Miller. I mean, he just is what he is, right? 
Like, I think everyone who's out here as, like, a Donta Foreman stan has to really take a step back and consider the fact that the Texans are never good at running the football, uh, that they're probably not going to want to run the football that much, and that Lamar Miller is just not going to die. He's going to be there. He never gets hurt. Um, I have Peyton Barber at 85. I think that's his job. Well, he's not good, but I do think that's his job. Do we think that job has more value this season? Because it was his job last season, too. And he was fine. He was, a, he was a guy to have on your team. Like, if you needed a fill-in at running back, you could play him and get eight points. Yeah. Like, he's not good, but if he's going to get all the volume, he is worth owning. Yeah. Look, he's, he should be owned. I'm not going to dispute you on that. I'm not excited to own him. I'd rather own him than Ronald Jones until I hear anything different. Sure. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. All right, Tim. Anyone from that we haven't talked about here from 50 on, even beyond? Uh, <clears throat> I think I like, Tariq, on I like Tariq Cohen more than you do, apparently. Ice Cream Cohen? Yeah, I think he's pretty good. And I like Tate. Uh, I think Tate's a lovely player. Um, yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, everything else is pretty. Yeah, listen, there's just. It's just a bunch of guys, right? You know, there's not a whole lot. Of, I don't see like massive discrepancies. I, I'm so, shocked you weren't like, I have Jamison Crowder at 139th. I'm like, you should be 10th. I will say. I just, like Jamison Crowder this year. I think that's a very fair ranking of him, but he'll probably be on all my teams. I think the guy could be a real, uh, could re- be a real uh, breakup player this season. If we're going to tie up, talk about biased slot receivers, um, like, I'm not going to tell you to have him any higher. I, I I would just say that you're the first person I've actually seen rank Albert Wilson in a place where he will be drafted. I have I'd him like I a lot this year. I have him as the highest, I think he's the highest rated the highest. Dolphins I, wide receiver. He's the best one. He's the best one. He was the one who was the most fantasy productive. He was the most efficient last season. And he's really good. And again, going back to... he throws to, passes, and they <laughs> use him out of the backfield. They're, they're going to give him carries. They're going to use him in a, a variety of different ways. You know what I'm not doing? Drafting Devontae Parker again. I'm not no, doing it. I don't I mean, care how great the headlines are. No, but again... Here's I the marquee. Devontae Parker. Bust. We joked about the, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick will start the first six games of the season before he loses his job thing, because that's what he always does. But, like, like I said before, Fitzpatrick, going back to 2010, no one targets the slot more than Ryan Fitzpatrick. And that's where Albert Wilson's going to be playing. Um like I just think you give a you give a guy with his upside and his elite speed that amount of volume. Let's say it's even just six targets a game. Let's say it's five targets a game. The odds he breaks one of those for a relatively big play is the, the way that I look at him. He's not going to get the same sort of volume as Tyler Lockett, but they're very similar players. Yeah, that you can get Tyler Lockett potentially and get the same production. Like let's say Tyler Lockett drops back a bit, the touchdowns come down, he's not quite as good as everyone thinks, and Albert Wilson just kind of produces around where he, he stays healthy. normally produces and stays yeah. healthy. Like they could be the same player. Exactly. You're getting one in the undrafted, and one guy you have to take in like the fifth round. And the thing is, like, look, it's format to format. It's obviously very different, and I don't think there's many scenarios, especially early in the season, where you're going to find yourself having to use Albert Wilson. So he's really just bench filler, and you hope for upside. But like, if you play in a best ball format. There is no conceivable we don't talk, reason. We don't talk about best ball on the show. We don't talk best ball? Best okay. ball is very cowardly. Fair. Do you know what best ball is? So I can draft 500 teams and say I was right about everybody. I drafted them. I drafted them, Garyan. I drafted them. I told you. That's true. Like that, That's all best ball has turned into. It saying, is actually quite a bit of fun. But like keep it to like two leagues. Man. I like it. I, I was just going to say, like, if you're in one of those formats, there's no reason to not take Albert Wilson. He is the most best ball oriented player. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like how Josh world. Allen's probably like the best best ball quarterback. Exactly. Because you don't get his bad weeks. You only get his yeah, good weeks. There's, there's no reason to not take him in that format. And he's, his ADP in those formats is still ridiculously low. So that's all I really wanted to say about him. Uh, breakout potentially for Corey Davis, Anthony Miller. I just... I don't want to say I've given up on Corey Davis because it's still pretty early to give up on a guy. 
who was a top 10 pick, but I, I don't like Marcus Mariota at all. We've been over this so many times. <clears throat> Is this finally the year? And I, uh, who will talk themselves into Marcus Mariota? Tim, will it be you? No, I can't imagine it'll be me. He was. It, it's a lot like the Aaron Rodgers thing from last year, too. Like, Mariota was hurt all year, he as was. Aaron Rodgers was. He was. Um, I don't know. I The running elements of the Tennessee offense I can get behind. I almost can't be as high as I am on Derrick Henry and be high on anyone involved in the passing aspects of Tennessee Tennessee's offense. Because at the level of efficiency Derrick Henry usually operates at, I need that volume split to go pretty much perfectly. Okay, so we'll we'll close with this. We'll talk about tight ends. Where is the tight end like cliff that you either draft these guys or you just wait till the very end to draft a tight end? I'd say it's Kelsey, Kittle, and Ertz, clearly. And then I have Howard, Henry, Ingram, and Vance McDonald. And then I think there's a cliff. And then you just wait till the last round to pick someone. I think I would agree with that. You wouldn't throw Jared Cook in there, Eric Ebron in there. I, I would throw Ebron in there. You would throw Ebron would... in there? Yeah, I'd be okay if he brought. I would take um, Ebron, sort of where you have him, 910. I just yeah, worry that he won't catch 15 touchdowns. Well, that obviously no, that too. Eight, then he's still worth it, right? Yes and no, because he's like he's being drafted, he's still being drafted pretty drafted. highly. Is the thing like yeah. you're spending <clears throat> a respect like where you would draft? I, I mean, I, if I'm looking at this correctly, where you would have to draft Eric Ebron, you could also draft like Mervin Jones, mm -hmm. and Mervin Jones is probably going to outscore. I would say he will. And like, hey, Marv. Yeah, like... Marv! <laughs> <laughs> like, I like Njoku. I like actually. Hooper. But you can take those I like, guys I, I, But I think those guys are... Like, I think that Njoku is the big loser in Cleveland, bringing I, yeah, everyone in. It's tough. That um, just, he's not going to see those 12 target games. Unless then, he's the guy that they leave open the entire time. And look, the Jared Cook thing... I brought this up. Just play him on DraftKings. Just play him every week yeah. on DraftKings. He's going to have four huge weeks. And, like, Jerry Cook was, what, the fourth tight end last year? Fifth tight end? Something like that? But, there was but no he was the only else. receiver there in Oakland. No one else. Like, there are only a couple teams that really run true duopolies. And New Orleans is one of those teams. Like, 55% of the target shares go to two players. And I don't think those players are necessarily going to go anywhere. And you know they're going to have, like, five tight ends. Yeah. Like three tight ends on the Saints will catch touchdowns this year, and you might not even know they're on the team. Yeah. So, look, I, I think... Like, oh, if Kobe Fleeter still exists? Is he even still on the Saints? <laughs> Kobe! Um, Kobe! I, like, I think Jared Cook finishes the year as a top 10 tight end, but it's because of what you said. There's just going to be three weeks where he catches two touchdowns, eight passes, and goes off for 90 yards, but there's going to be a whole lot of three for 38s because that's just how zeros. Don't Don't Jared Cook, not afraid of a zero. Not afraid of a zero. That's true. I actually like Tim's buddy, the Silver Spooner, Chris Hunden the fourth. He suspended four games. Well, you got so many drunks on your team, Tim. A loaded question. I'm not answering it. No, Chris Hernan was loaded. Was he? I don't know. I think so. Just like Tim's buddy, Michael Floyd. Yeah. Tim, he was guy. smart. He just fell asleep. <laughs> I was just, sleeping. I just had a nap. No big deal. In um, the middle of the intersection. Yeah, so it's something. Better place than nowhere, Tim. But even like Jack, like instead of drafting Eric, it's weird to talk about like a, a tight end platoon that I'm actually kind of into, but just take Jack Doyle with your last pick. You know what? It's funny because I am so down on Dolphins in general. I kind of think year two for Mike Kosicki. Oh, like everyone, like everyone was real big on him last year and like, oh yeah, rookie tight ends don't do anything. Maybe year two with the new coaching staff. And Maybe. we talked about that Albert Wilson might be their best receiver. Like why not take a flyer on Kosicki? Like people are big on Mark Andrews, but... 
They have 28 tight ends. Yeah. They don't throw. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's a tough beat. Yeah, that's that's that doesn't seem the math doesn't check out there. No, but people love him. Like Liberace, women loved him. <laughs> I do like that Darren Darren Waller on Oakland just because there are no options. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I do think in most leagues, like when you factor in again, like the Hoopers of the world, the Jokers of the world, I think you can scratch together twelve tight ends who pretty much you can just say maybe not on a week-to-week basis with like Njoku and Hooper, but like you'd have to find really good streaming spots. But do you want to take someone like Njoku in, let's say, the eighth round or just wait till the last round? Oh, no, I just, I'd rather wait. Till the last exactly. Round. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. There's a cliff and Njoku and Cook and Ebron and Delaney Walker, they're all on the wrong side of the cliff. Yeah. Like, unless you're getting them super late, like I'm just not going to have them. Yeah, like, again, if you want to, like, I have no problem taking, like, Jack Doyle with my last pick for free. Chris Herndon's fallen off the board because of the four-game suspension. You, you don't even have to draft him. You can pick him up after. Like, I got a good feeling about the Ebrontosaurus. I really do. The Ebrontosaurus? Yeah, I, I really like his chances. You should probably leave the nicknames to me, pal. I think I'm pretty good at them. You seem to think a lot of things that just aren't true. No. I'm surprised. I mean, I, I guess it's because he spent so much time on Jamison Crowder at 139 that he kind of glossed over the fact that Adam Humphreys is at 140, but that's like the Tim tier. Yeah. I'm not, I'm purposely not talking about him so that people forget about him so that I get him every time. Mm. Okay. Out on Mariota's son, in on Adam Humphreys. Well, because Humphreys is just really, really good. Uh, it's, he just overcomes it all. <laughs> Who had Dave? He'll be $3,100 on DraftKings week one, and uh, he will, he'll, he'll be a steal. He was 3300 bucks week after week yeah. after week in after a, week. In a high volume up. passing offense with the Bucks. With, fine. as you know I said, a quarterback who, in, in the context of the last decade. And I was right. Go ahead and laugh at me again and let me know that I'm right. Brian right. Fitz. Here's the thing, Everyone though, Tim. For every like reason it. you like Adam Humphreys, you should just now like Albert Wilson. Because Albert and Wilson I is new. I liked Albert Wilson when they signed him last season to that big deal. I thought actually that was good because he was a good player. Still do. Whose stock has dropped more than the caveman? Me, Cole, hard man. Yeah. Tough beat. Yeah. Probably yeah. probably don't need to be drafting him anymore. No. Are you still... I know you have Sammy. I think you have Sammy at 73. Sammy. I dropped him way down. Yeah, like what... It'll be fine. Like wide receiver three? That's that's about. Yeah. yeah. Like, are you happy with your team if he's your wide receiver three? No, I mean I, maybe because depending on where he goes, that yeah, I had to take because I have four running backs already or yeah. something like that. But I, I'm fine with Watkins as a wide receiver four. Like, I don't ever want to play him, but if I have to, so I just think is. he'll he'll be sort of Jared Cook esque. Yeah, in three four huge weeks. Yeah, and just well, if he's, he's not someone you have otherwise. to start every week, and he's like a bye week gamble, at least he has upside. Yeah but I wouldn't trust him week to week. And it's, I'd rather have, I mean, I guess the one good thing about Jared Cook and Sammy Watkins is that they're a part of offenses that you do want to have a piece of. Like all yeah. things being equal, just take the guy in the way better offense that scores all the points. It's generally a good rule of thumb. Yeah, it's, that's not a bad way to go about it. All right, that'll do it. On the Pat Mayo experience. Any other player that we did not bring up? Breaking out DC number five. Yeah, how many, how many DCs <laughs> is that for you today, Tim? This is number five. Oh my God, man. You got a Jesus Christ from behind the camera. <laughs> Buying a case every other day. 
case a day. No, a case every other day. That's not great, man. Remember when Mina first started working for Fantasy? He was like a bigger guy. Yeah. That's because he was drinking Diet Coke about a case a day. Then he stopped doing that. He lost like 40 pounds. Lost a ton of weight. Diet Coke is calorie free. He's not he's not thinking it through. He's a doctor though. He is a doctor. That's true. He's, he's not one of them health doctors though. Nah. <laughs> Gary and Thorne. Check him out on Twitter at Gary and Thorne and up on DKPlaybook.com. I'd also like to thank for being on the line currently on his fifth Diet Coke of the day. And it's not even three o'clock yet, folks. Tim Andagust! Tim Andagust. That is not my name. Heard it was. Now you heard lies. You're drinking a diet cast? <laughs> Don't call it that. Which flavor of Diet Coke did you get? Regular. I only drink regular. Feisty cherry? You seem like a feisty cherry man to me. No, that I don't. What is your favorite? Do you like the... Uh, is that why you switched over? Like, you want to get the really healthy Diet Coke, Tim. You have to get the acai berry Diet Coke. Well, you just... You make sure you get one of the ones that has fruit in it. Exactly. Because now it's, it's basically a serving of vegetables. Mm-hmm. Do you count that as a vegetable serving? I do not. Five Diet Cokes, a lot of Diet Cokes. It's a lot of Diet Coke. Yeah, Dave. How Paul, many Coke points do you have? None. I don't play those games. I just buy it at the store when it's on sale. I stop. If you're going to, at the very least, if you're going to drink this much Coke, you should reap some sort of reward Diet from Coke, it. And it's good for you. Uh, we have a, it's not good. For, what, are you, what are you talking about? It's good for you. We have a question from the audience. Yes, sir. You know what else is calorie free? Yeah, water oh. also calorie free. So is black coffee, which you love to drink. And I drink that in the morning until about ten o'clock, and I switch over. So you, wait, 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 wait. So now you haven't even started drinking the DCs till ten. You're you're at a DC per hour rate. Just just about. I, I can stop myself though. I don't know. <laughs> it's hot and humid, and you know, summer's. It, it's hot and humid, so, so you dehydrate sticky... yourself with a diet coke. <laughs> Maybe you wouldn't it's great so- on the can. It's very refreshing. <laughs> <sighs> Football season is here. It is. All right. I'm Pat Mayo. You can follow me at the PME on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I told you the ways you can get into a draw for 20 DK bucks. If you want to check out the rankings because you want to laugh at them some more, they're at DKPlaybook.com. Go check those out along with my positional rankings. That'll do it. Pat Mayo, thanks for watching. I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!